Hello everyone, welcome to episode 57 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast that is so Warhammer that even as we speak, our parts are already being split up and to be sold on eBay separately. Hopefully for a high <laughs> price, we're worth it. Uh, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, I'm your host Matt, and joining me as always, a guy sometimes described as the holy trinity of hobby, that is blood, sweat, and green stuff, it's Cameron. How you doing, mate? I am doing wonderfully well, thank you. I've put in my order for Indominus, I'm ready to roll, uh, I'm about to take a holiday, so it's, it's, a, it's a good weekend. I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah, I'll be hopefully pre-ordering my in uh, just over an hour and a half. So hopefully in the break, I'll be able to get Indominus on my account and have glory like everyone else. But <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> it's a big day today. Mm, yeah. So today, as you can tell, it's it's the 11th of July today. Big day, pre-order day. History in the making. It is. It certainly is. And that's actually a good segue actually talking about history in the making because Mm. we're doing a format change um and so it's big news for us really and so this we'll explain it um so what we'll do is we'll explain the the format change and then explain the reasons behind it basically um so this episode episode 57 is going to be a realm episode okay so hopefully in post editing this will be somewhere on the description of the of the episode mm. um and like i said i'll explain what that means now so so going forward from this episode onwards we're still going to stick to our usual schedule which is roughly two episodes a month obviously we record every two weeks um so mm. yeah you know we're generally doing two episodes a month so that will carry on absolutely the same nothing is going to change about the sort of delivery and schedule what's actually going to change is what we cover in the episodes now so what we're go- so at the moment as you know or people that have listened to us for a while obviously our, our usual way of doing things is we do obviously the hobby bit at the start then news then a more uh, a main law topic and then we do a discussion topic if we have time obviously that doesn't always happen because <laughs> <laughs> we, we get uh, a bit too much in the law on the main topic which is sort of part of the reason why mm. we're doing this change um so that's the current format going forward we're basically going to split that up over the two episodes or so a month so mm. you'll have a realm episode which is like i said this one where we will be basically just doing hobby and news and then the next episode after that will be a ruin episode which will be main law topic and a discussion topic um and then one after that will go back to being a realm episode so basically rather than doing four topics or four sections in one episode we're going to do two on an episode and split them up over two episodes and then 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 you know so basically they'll be in pairs uh effectively Mm. um which is sort of yeah how we're going to go forward with this um and I'll explain the sort of reasons behind it. Um, and if you want to sort of look daggers at anyone, you can look at me because I'm sort of <laughs> part of the instigation of all this. <laughs> um, so the, the, basically the reason, or the, there's quite a few reasons sort of behind this. Um, on a personal front for me, um, I'm finding getting prepared for these episodes whilst trying to base it around real life, like, you know, obviously full-time job, young daughter, uh etc etc um 
is finding it, I'm finding it hard, uh, if I'm being brutally honest, uh, just finding the time to actually, you know, put mm. preparation to a lot of these episodes, which it may not seem it, but there is actually quite a few hours go just into preparing for these shows. Obviously, you know, mm. getting all your hobby stuff ready, then reading and absorbing all the news. And obviously the main law topic will take up most of our time because you've got to generally read a book, research something, write up notes. Mm. And then obviously the same for the discussion topic at the end. And it's one of those sort of situations where almost every episode, I'm, you know, we're going into, I'm sort of just about prepared for everything. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's getting to the point where you don't want to burn yourself out and you want to also mm-hmm. make sure that you're delivering the best thing you can. So the sort of thought, so we, you know, we toyed with a few ideas. We spoke to a few of the guys on our discord, you know, as listeners to sort of, you know, get right. What's, what would you think would be the best way to, sort of go about this and that was sort of the conclusion we come to so the sort of the purpose behind this is that by sort of splitting it out it means the pressure is less and it means also Mm. we're not having to rush things which i think is very important because i think sometimes because we're trying to cram so much into an episode and obviously an an average episode is about three hours obviously some are not quite as long as that some do go over three hours um you know that's our sort of limit from a technical point of view from um Mm. the actual final edit of the show we've you know we can't really go much past three hours only a little bit more um even though three hours sounds like a long time it soon goes when you're trying to cover all these four sections yeah. and as, as, as we, as we find out. And obviously, especially when we're doing quite a meaty law topic, like, you know, like last episode, when we covered the great parch, you feel like you're, you know, when you're doing, it, you feel like you're rushing through it because you're like, you look at, you're literally clock watching. And sometimes mm. that's not really the best way to do it. And obviously it means you then skip on other things. You're covering the news, for example, and you, you, you know, you think, right, okay, we've covered that bit, but you then you move on, even though you probably would want to say a bit more than that um Mm, so mm. that's another good reason for it uh another reason is again just an energy thing you know on again on the personal front and it'd be probably the same for cameron you want to you know when you're trying to do these recordings around normal life which is taxing Mm. enough as it is you want to come in 100 percent rather than like 80 percent. because sometimes like personally when i come into these episodes because of you know not had much sleep because you know my daughter's been waking me up um Mm. i'm coming in at 80 percent energy rather than 100 and i don't want that to be a thing you know because i you know i think as listeners you want you know a better experience than that so that's another reason um and it just you know in general gives us obviously more time to prepare especially for the law sections you know it hopefully means we can go we can deep dive a bit more um Mm. you know when you've only got two weeks in between each recording that two weeks soon goes (laughs) and 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 (laughs) such like so yeah um and but also at the same time it will hopefully mean that we can expand the episode slightly as well so and you'll see this with this episode this realm episode that we're going to just add a little bit here and there and then um it also means we can you know if we feel like one episode we've not got much news we can add we can make the hobby section a little bit longer we can start doing a few like a few one-offs like uh, I don't know, mm. buying guides for things like, or kit bash ideas, you know, and you know, just sort of, sort of things we've not done before. So by sort of, yeah. you know, taking the pressure away from a time perspective, trying to cram everything in to a show, we can sort of, we can make them sort of, uh, yeah, just a bit more relaxed, a bit more, um, yeah, just got a bit more, co- you know, got a bit more meat in it mm. as well, rather than yeah. trying to rush through everything. Um, so it may mean the episodes are a bit shorter. I 
you know, until we until we record a few more in this new format, we're not really going to know, to be honest. Mm. But, you know, they could, rather than being three hours, they may be, you know, two and a quarter, you know, such like. Um, but, you know, hopefully that's not the end of the world either. I know in a way, when you look at this sort of new format, it means you're getting less uh, of the law stuff, because in theory, you're only getting a law, you know, centric episode, you know, mm. every other episode. I know that's one way of looking at it, but it, it, like I said, it's to avoid burnout, um, which, yeah. you know, I think would be yeah. the worst, worst thing. Um, not burnout on Warhammer, because obviously we love it so much, but just sort of where, <laughs> you know, like I said, preparing for these shows, just, mm. you know, you don't, you don't feel like you're delivering what you could be delivering. So, um, yeah. so yeah. But that's, you know, sort of the, the reasons behind it. Um, is there anything you want to add to that, Cameron, that I've not said? Um. <laughs> Not really. We're practicing what we preach, and what we've preached is mental health is a thing you have to take care of. And I don't wa- don't want Matt to die because I don't know how to edit the episodes. Uh, so <laughs> we're doing this Good to point. take care of our beloved host. Yes, love him. Yes, please. Yes, care for him. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> nurture me. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, I know. It may sound a bit selfish, and hopefully, it's not ah. coming across that way. Um, but it's you know, I mean. I, I remember going back when my daughter was born almost two years ago, obviously when we were mm. obviously in the middle of doing this podcast. And I think we said, obviously with her being born, you know, was it going to completely change the structure where we can only record like once a month. And to be fair, we, mm. it, it didn't, apart from obviously having a few weeks hiatus because obviously of her being born and, and what came of it, yeah. we, we carried on as normal. You know, we've not actually, mm. you know, under delivered from from that happening yeah. so i think we've done well to sort of get to this point mm. and still hit yeah. the you know the <laughs> our sort of you know episode every two weeks um yeah and uh, obviously we only decided this the other week so uh we've only had two weeks between the last episode so obviously this so going forward we will have basically a, you know four weeks basically between each type of not episodes obviously the new you know the news and hobby one the realm one will be the next one after that will be in four weeks time um and such like so in a way we will you know we'll be able to do like four weeks worth of news and four weeks worth of hobby but then we can you know sort of i don't know just feel like it'll be a little bit meatier uh and such like but but we'll we'll see how it goes i think that's the best way we'll just see how this goes obviously it'll take us a fair few episodes just to adjust to this sort of slightly new way Mm. of doing things and just hang in there go on yeah yeah Come along with for the ride with us. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I'll just quickly explain the the plan for you know this episode uh, for the mm. the realm one. So we'll obviously have a hobby section. So we'll basically do our normal sort of Discord question. Cameron will do his hobby stuff and his community highlight. We'll do a hobby tip. Then we'll do my hobby and my community highlight. Uh, we'll then have uh, a new thing which is a Discord highlight. So we'll highlight someone mm. in our Discord that's been doing something really well in their hobby. Uh, then we'll go on to the news. News will be the normal, you know, 40K, AOS, and then other. But then, cheekily, we're going to have another little Discord question to answer mm. at the end as well. So that's yeah. what I mean. We're going to, even though in a way we're doing less because there's no main law and no discussion mm. topic in this episode, we are sort of adding a few little extras and and sort of go with the flow, really. So that yeah. is the plan. You have been informed and I can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but 
well, you know, normal bit of admin. Obviously, if you want to ever support the show, uh, you can see that in the show notes. You can buy us a coffee. You can go onto iTunes and give us a lovely mm-hmm. big fat five star review. Um, <laughs> and also mainly you can join our discord server as well, which obviously will be quite prominent to some of this hobby stuff that we're about to do as well. Always free to join mm. lovely people. Big things are always happening on it. So, yeah. uh, right. I think Cameron, it's time. Mm to talk hobby. Here we go. Hobby section. Yep. New format. Let's start with a question. And also to add to a slight change and for mainly cameras benefit, he now knows what Mm. the questions are going to be. Because obviously we've been doing it where I know the question, but Cameron doesn't. (laughs) And I feel that's a bit unfair. So (laughs) So now we're both prepared to answer the, the two questions that we're going to do in these yeah. episodes. So first question comes from pillar of the community, red shadow. And he asks a question, which I think is going to be a hard one to answer. If I'm being honest, mm. uh, who wins in a fight, Abaddon or Archeon law wise, not model wise. And then Martin checked in and said, well, Archeon on foot or on his monster. And then red said foot. So basically they're heist their powers. So yeah, right. Abaddon or Archeon. Cameron. Ooh. Yeah, uh, so this one was one I've been mulling over, but I think I've come to a definitive answer. The definitive answer is obviously that Archeon wins. Uh, mm. th- look, listen, it, it can't go any other way. We'll st- we'll, th- let's start with just what they've got each, right? Right, yep. They're yep. both wearing the finest of armors. We've got they are. supreme level Terminator armor. We've got the most blessed black iron plating that chaos can find the armor of something or other. Uh, I know Morka. it's a special armor that Morka, that's the one. <laughs> uh, Arcane's got an extremely special armor as well. Defensively, in terms of just their their suits of armor, I'd say they're probably about equal. Honestly, like yeah. Arcane's wearing yeah. the equivalent to Terminator plate from uh, the Age of Sigma slash Warhammer Fantasy setting. In terms of their weapons. Uh, we have we have Draknien, the demon sword of Archeon. We have the Slayer of Kings, the mm. demon sword of Archeon or Abaddon. Draknien is Abaddon, so thanks, Brain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we got the Slayer of Kings. Now, the the thing here is, uh, by all accounts, Draknien is a little more free willed than uh, the Slayer of Kings. Yeah, I'm basing this. I'm basing this purely off of. Draknian has a chance to attack Abaddon on the tabletop, whereas the Slayer of Kings doesn't. And yeah. apart from that, they're both really good swords, but the Slayer of Kings can delete anything off the board if it rolls <laughs> the correct wound rolls, which is representative of a demon pulling itself out of the sword and pulling whatever he is fighting back into the sword, um, which is terrifying. <laughs> um, on their other hands, uh, we have on one side the Talon of Horus, and on the other side, again, a shield whose name I don't quite remember. I'm not as well versed in the Age of Sigma lore. But it's a very nice shield, blessed by all four Chaos Gods. Mm. This, I think, is one of the deciding factors. Okay. Because while the Talon of Horus is a fearsome, fearsome weapon, it uh, it is more suited to be matched up to the Slayer of Kings in terms of their actual offensive weapons. Like, Slayer of Kings is Archeon's main weapon. The Talon of Horus is Apodon's main weapon. That's how it is, mm. really. Mm-hmm. In which case, again, I don't know if we're beating the beating the uh, Slayer of Kings here just with the it's got a greater demon inside that will eat things that it hits. Um, 
Talent Force is a terrifying, awful weapon laden with tragic allegory and all kinds of superstition, but at the end of the day, it's a lightning claw with two bolters strapped to the back. <laughs> Meanwhile, Archeon increases his defenses further with a shield, adding another layer of unbreakable iron to his already formidable bulwark of a defense. Mm. And then... Archeon has something Abaddon doesn't, which is they've both got Marks of Chaos undivided, but Archeon has the Helm of the Third Eye. Mm. Uh, he can see the future. He is also, I believe, a prodigious wizard, whereas Abaddon is not a psyker of any kind and has no way, no. really, to defend himself against such unless he brings his own psychers around. Um, and then we factor in the fact that on foot, uh, Archeon has taken on literal gods and won, whereas on foot... Abaddon has been beaten by an Imperial Fist's captain. Oh, burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just saying for the record, yeah. <laughs> mm, that's some good... Yeah, it, I, it is a close one. I, 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 I get where you're coming from with Archaon. Mm. Um, just to add some of those points, you're right. I think if you look at their swords, you could argue the Slayer of Kings is slightly better, but yeah, Abaddon's sword can rend reality apart it can destroy a land raider so you know that's not no mean feat um you've also got going back to your point about the talon of horus you're right i suppose it's more of an offensive weapon than a defensive weapon but there is that point in the i think it's yeah it's the like the talon horus black legion Mm. books where he fights the clone of his dad he fights the clone of horus Mm. and he kills uh, so he kills a Primarch, which again is no mean for you. Mm. Admittedly, it's not the very oh, no, original no. Horus, but he manages to kill <laughs> a clone of Horus. Um, mm. He also destroys Worldbreaker, which is Horus's weapon. With mm. like, he literally mm. just crushes it with the talent, yeah. you know. So that's you know that's that's some power behind him. He'd be mm. more uh, it, like you said, Abaddon would be more offensive, uh, but then he could distract with that with his with his storm bolters. You know, again, mm. you know, Archaon doesn't really have i know he's got magic potentially you're right here mm. so he could be able to do something um i definitely agree that the uh seeing the future is going to give him a big edge yeah. <laughs> um i mean they've they've both done very big things i know this isn't this oh, is yeah. talking about them from a fight fighting perspective but mm. archaeon's brought the end times abaddon's taken down down uh, cadia uh on the 13th try mm-hmm. um and i don't know i, I don't know i do you know what i I'm, there's something about Abaddon that makes me think he 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 always comes across like he would mm. always get the win in certain things. There's something about Abaddon. I I think you're mm. right. I totally agree that I think Archaon from a power level point of view mm. definitely has the edge. Totally agree. I think he's more he's got more yeah. defense. He's got magic. He can see the future. Arguably a slightly better sword. But I think Abaddon. You know, again, if I had to sort of compare this to like wrestling, I think he would be mm. the one that would always get that cheeky little win. You know, I think because he's got. Mm, if you look right, at, I know, right. I, I know, you, I know, you can apply this to both of them, where they they're both the type that never give up. But Abaddon is mm. the personification of never giving up um, right, and getting right. revenge. I just think, and he's a good talker as well, even more so mm. than Archaon. He can, you know, yeah. he has talked all these legions you know, these chaos legions together, you know, he, mm. he gets people to join and get on board with him. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, you're right. I think purely power level, it would definitely archaon. I think Abaddon would find a cheeky way He'd to find win. A way. I don't know. Yeah. He would do something 
that sort mm. of to, as the slight underdog. There's something that's, that's <laughs> they both got they they both got demonic <laughs> protection in a way because obviously, yeah, like you no, said, he's got Archaon's got yeah. the armor of Morkar, which makes him basically yes. impossible to kill. Abaddon has got yep. the armor of Abaddon, which gives means he can't be killed in the physical world. Technically, he can only kill be killed. Okay. So hence, the Slayer mm. of Kings may be able to do that. To be fair, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I figured out how it goes. Right. There's one. There's one side where Abaddon has the advantage. He's technologically superior. Uh, Archeon is unable to teleport, as far as I know. And so, mm-hmm. what Abaddon will do is he will be about to lose the fight. He'll click on the box and say, "Drop the next Black Fortress, Blackstone Fortress," and then teleport <laughs> from the battlefield as an entire Blackstone <laughs> Fortress lands on it. Clearly, <laughs> he's got more Kale. lying around. He's got a couple more. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I. To be fair, both of these characters are great because they are so similar. I, I don't. Oh yeah. I don't believe for a, yeah. a second that this is not deliberate. That these two oh, characters no, in two no. different worlds are very, very similar. Uh, they've got a mm. lot of similarities. So it is actually a really good question because, like I said, if these duked it out, it would be, it wouldn't mm. be one sided. I don't think it would be extremely no, close. No. So yeah, you're right. I think, I think, Archaon's got the power level. Abaddon's got the the cheeky win mm. level. Yeah. Who's going to yeah. win? I don't know. Yeah, it it's it's it could be a draw, it could be either one of them winning. I'm personally going to uh I'm personally going to be on the side of Archeon, but you know, I'm biased. He killed Nagash once. You know, that's pretty <laughs> that's up true, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I mean, or maybe twice. I can't remember if he did it in end times as well. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I suppose also going back to Abaddon with the Talon of Horus. Remember again, he killed, mm. he killed Horus with it. He killed. It was the same Talon that killed Sanguinius and mortally wounded the Emperor of Mankind. Again, mm. that's that's mm. got some serious that's power true. level. Um, yeah, I don't. Know, it feels like next next episode we'll have Team Abaddon and Team Archaon. <laughs> <laughs> There's one way Cameron. to settle this. There's one way to settle this. We gotta, we gotta port Archeon over to 40k stats. We gotta port Abaddon over to Asia Sigma stats, and we gotta yeah. duke it out on tabletop simulator. Yeah. Clearly, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, cool. That's yeah. I, I, I love mm. that question, and it's quite funny because the question we're gonna answer at the end of the show is actually quite similar in a way. It's a, again mm. another comparison type question. So. Yeah, get thinking. If you, who yeah. would you, you know, who would win out of those two? <laughs> um, and it'd clearly be Abaddon. Cameron will say Archaon, but you know, that's mm. it. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you very much, Red, for that question. Mm. Right. Okay. That's that done. Cameron. Yeah. We've, yeah. you've had a couple of weeks to be getting yeah. stuck into the old hobby game. Um, mm. what have you been up to, mate? Um, not really that much. Again, uh, I'll reiterate my point from a previous episode. Days Gone is a very good video game. I finished it now. Hooray. Only finished a few days ago, so it's still been taking up a lot of my time. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I've done some stuff. I've done some stuff. First off, you heard it already in the episode. I've gone ahead and pre-ordered Indomitus. I mm. got in early, so when I pre-ordered, I got given two badges and a little bracelet and a set of art cards and... Interestingly enough, uh, a Crusade card Ooh. for the uh, Crusade game mode, where I've got a little uh, look at my photo of that, remember exactly what it does. Um, so it's uh, so it seems to be an agenda. So I think Crusade is going to have um, 
sort of side objectives, sort of like the main 40k game is going to have now as you choose your secondary objectives, but these are like side objectives that you can get extra experience for your units with. That's uh, right, yeah. So, yeah, so this first into the fray, if you have this card, when you select agendas, you can choose one of them to be first to the fray. Uh, it's a no mercy, no respite agenda. You can't choose more than one agenda from the same category. Sounds, again, a lot like those secondary objectives. Uh, the first unit from your army to either make a charge or perform a heroic intervention gets one experience point. If it does so during the first battle round, it gets two instead. And if that unit destroys an enemy unit in the fight phase at the same turn, it gets one extra experience point. Uh, so that's a fun little addition. Hmm. So I'm assuming you can, yeah, just take this out in a crusade game and say, I'm going for an alpha strike. Watch me get a charge first turn so that my <laughs> assault intercessors or something can uh, get that sweet, delicious, delicious plus three experience for the game. Really, um, actually, you know what this would be great on? It would be great on White Scars Outriders. Someone's going to do oh, that, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was going to say, is that agenda yeah. separate to the the book like is that an, like something that's not going to be in the book or they just have to I give think you a it's card gonna be, yeah i think they just gave a card as like an extra one like sometimes the white dwarves have like say the necromunda card mm, or the underworld yeah. cards and stuff yeah i think i think part of crusade is going to be in addition to secondary objectives you have agendas you can pick from to get that bonus xp for mm-hmm. doing certain things in the game um but we'll we'll find out in a couple of weeks exactly um, we shall. What, what agendas are um but i thought that was a cool little thing and of course it's also pre-ordered uh i'll be getting a cool little coin and some objective markers the objective Ooh. markers i'm actually very excited about mm. uh so that's nice i held off on chapter approved because that that can take its time i don't need that right right away i held yep. off on the crusade journal although it was difficult i really wanted that <laughs> <laughs> And I held off on the Indominus novel because I've got a lot of reading to do already. So, you know, uh, uh, and I'll have more to do when the rule book gets here. So um, yeah. it, it'll be fine. Uh, but I'm super excited for that. I went into the store. There was a, I got in early, which is good because I was third in line to pre-order. <laughs> and by the time I was done and leaving the store, there was a line literally out the door. Uh, because uh, Western Australia is good. We've got very few restrictions left anymore, social distancing-wise, so that's nice. Um, but it was a strange experience. I haven't been in a in a hobby store in a few months where it's had more than about five people in it, and suddenly there's a line of about 20 or 30 people. Um, <laughs> uh, and it sold out in a couple of hours in Australia, so uh, yeah. I hope everyone's listening who wanted one got theirs, because, man, that, that box is popular, despite them printing mm. absolute boatloads. Um, I'm so looking forward to it. They have the sprues yeah. on display. They are gorgeous. Uh, the Necron Warriors have the backs of their heads separate from the, from the face plates, which I'm actually really excited for. It'll make doing like little cows for a little flesh cows for my flay <laughs> uh, a lot easier because I won't have to clip the back of the head off. Um, if when I put those face plates on my, uh, old Necron Warriors that I'm converting up to be new Necron Warriors. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super hyped about that. On the Necron front, I have, I took the Overlord you get from the Star Collecting Necron set, and I turned him into a Cryptek. Um, because I'm, I'm gonna have an Overlord from Indomitus, I'm gonna have a Destroyer Lord from Indomitus, I don't need more Lords, I think at this point, I've already got a, a there's another type of Lord in the box as it is, um, <clears throat> so I, I gave him a big waist extension with a bit of sprue, uh, to make him sort of looming forward and leaning, uh, he's got both his arms out. I turned his void scythe, uh, so the big 
creepy Gauss-looking side thing into a staff of light by Lovely. clipping the yeah by clipping bayonets off the Immortals kit and the barrel from a Deathmark sniper rifle and placing those correctly around the top so it's in the shape of a staff of light, nice. which is what a cryptex meant to have, and I thought it turned out pretty decent, honestly. Yeah. Uh, if it looks a little iffy, I'll cover it with blood. And no one will <laughs> uh, that gets around a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he's sort of looming forward. He's got a death mark head for the single eye because Cryptex are meant to have just one eye, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I th- I might get a spare warrior torso because uh, I'll have a couple of those lying around and have it sort of like rising up out of the ground like he's calling it up. Uh, also, the resurrection orb is being cabled up, so it looks like a chronometron uh, because that's the... The plastic cryptech you can buy has the cloak, which lets them fly around, but the chronometron is really cool because you're altering time to give the Necrons around you an invulnerable save, and I think that's better. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he, he's a big, beefy boy. Uh, he's got a sort of a tattered cloak, and I decided I was going to go with names of these. They're losing their minds. They haven't lost their minds yet, so they're named. So this is the Makan Dynasty, uh, and this is Chief Cryptech Arasaka the Tattered. <laughs> um, going for um, I actually went with uh, ancient Babylonian names okay. <laughs> for this lot because I feel yeah. like yeah that that kind of older sort of Middle East to African name I think is really fitting for Necrons. I didn't want to go straight Egyptian and say Sekhmet or anything like that. <laughs> Something a little different. Um, and so I'll be naming all of my characters. Um. And, you know, he's the tattered because he walks around with literal strips of flesh hanging off his arms, even though he hasn't quite lost himself to the virus yet and all that kind of thing. Building up my story slowly but surely. Oh, yeah. Very fashionable. (laughs) High society. High-flying society of Necrons. Um, (laughs) uh, I also started building the Catacomb Command Barge from that kit. Mm. Uh, That is the fiddliest little piece of shit that I've ever put together, I think, honestly. (laughs) Uh, It's a beautiful model. It's gorgeous. God, I wish it it had, like, two millimeters more of plastic in certain spots so it would just weld together properly. Ah! (laughs) Uh, I, like... It's essentially, like, a little little crescent-shaped disc with additional structures underneath and then a whole bunch of stuff up on top. Um, But, like, then the stuff on top is held on by, like, the thinnest of threads when really it looks like it should all squish together to be more compact, but it doesn't for whatever reason. They're like, uh, uh, so it's a bit of a pain, uh, but it's mostly assembled. Uh, I've sort of stopped assembling it partly because I'm about to go away. Uh, partly because I'm still tossing up whether or not I want to magnetize it to double as an annihilation barge, uh, which I probably will to be honest, because that's cool. What else are you going to do? Um, but to aid with the theming, I've started building the Lord who will be going on it, because uh, the uh, uh, the command barge is it's just this little barge that a, a Necron Lord drives around, shouting orders from. Um, <laughs> so he, he, he's uh yeah he's more or less the same as the box standard base one. I haven't done his arms, I haven't done his weapons or his head or anything like that yet. But I've just clipped away his weird little shimmery armor PC cloak that he's got. And I've replaced it with a big raggedy skin cloak because what else is what else are Necrons for? But for wanting to be physical beings again. Exactly. They, miss, they, they strive miss the towards it. That's yeah, why exactly. the Silent King's coming back. That's oh, why he wants God, to get yeah, sorted. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, um, 
the, the, the final look for him will be he'll have a resurrection orb, because resurrection orbs are baller. Uh, he'll... I might give him the Void Scythe, but I'll probably end up giving him the War Scythe that comes standard in the kit, just because it's easier to pose him with, but um, I want him all hunched over. Well, I, might, I might use the Resurrection Orb arm to like have him have him have like a little human head or something he's chewing on. I don't know. We'll find it. We'll figure it out along the way. Yeah. He's doing he's doing some weird, gross uh, flare virus nonsense because they all are. <laughs> um, like like it's got the it's got the two little dudes with the keyboards on the front who are actually driving the thing. I'm gonna just cover that with gunk and goo they're all they're all grossed up uh instead of like the little heraldic thing at the front i'll just strap a corpse to it make them drive around in their little their little terrible corpse cart um <clears throat> I, i'm enjoying the theming for this is what i'm saying i'm, hey, I'm, I'm feeling that <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm feeling you're bought into this <laughs> mm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty bored in. <laughs> um, and uh, as, as far as building, that's about it. I haven't really painted anything recently. I just haven't found the time and or the inclination. Like, it's just never struck me as the perfect moment to just sit down with a bunch of paints and finish some stuff. Yeah, uh, fair so night, Yeah, nights are still in progress. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day. This is a long-term project. We're Necrons now, baby. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> focus has changed. <laughs> focus changes. We're, don't worry, we'll change it back soon enough, I'm sure. Yep. Um, but, uh, and I haven't done a lot of reading either, unfortunately, but I did do one thing, which was last night was Necromunda night. Yay! Yay! Hooray. The best kind of nights. Let's go to the Underhive and have it's shenanigans. It's a pretty good night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there were shenanigans. Um so I was playing against a Dalak gang this time around, uh, the Shadows of Tomorrow, uh, who, had, who had done pretty well in their first game and had a total of 10 gang members at this point, uh, down, compared to, I, to be I have nine, but one was out of commission with a head injury that he was still recovering from. Uh, <laughs> poor Baz, he is, he is so stupid now. Um, <laughs> poor Baz. <laughs> He, like, on 2d6 he has to roll a 10 11 or 12 to pass any intelligence related check it's not gonna happen <laughs> if you want to open locked doors there's usually a minus four to those checks so he has to roll like a 13 plus on 2d6 <laughs> to pass intelligence it's not gonna happen he's he's dumb as bricks poor old Baz is. yeah he's, he's um, on making tea duty now yeah exactly but in his place <laughs> is the brand new recruit buster the bully uh hey, made buster. with sergeant harker yeah, so it's it's Sergeant Harker in his insane clown posse makeup with a big knife, a gun, and a couple of grenades. Nice. Uh, and his job was to be the world's most expensive juve at 70 credits total because he has a gun with nice ammunition, he's got a knife, and I gave him smoke grenades. Mm. Because his job is to run in front of people and shield them with his body, but he needs to be protected too, so he can throw smoke grenades in front of him as he goes. Um <clears throat> We fought on a Sector Mechanicus thing. We did the standoff scenario where two gangs sort of happen across each other at the edges of their two territories. Uh, and it was a really gorgeous board. I put a picture up on the Discord and Specialist games. But we had like a sludge river with a big admech bridge uh, between towers on either side of it. And lots of barrels and other bits of construction terrain all over the place. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did lose this game, I feel I should point out, but I lost this game because I didn't buy in hard enough, I think is my real problem. Okay. I saw I saw all these Delac who had all placed themselves up on gantries, up on top of ladders that were just too high for my guys to climb with a single action. They'd need their entire turn to climb. And I went, oh, but if I 
spend my whole turn climbing up there, I'll be standing on the edge of a ledge and someone will shoot me and I'll fall <laughs> off the goddamn ledge. And yada, yada, yada. I shouldn't have been afraid. If I hadn't been afraid, I would have won. Uh, but I was afraid. Not in the underhive camera. campaign now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, like, it's like campaign now. There's serious injuries that could happen. I should be afraid, but like also I can't be too afraid. You're Goliath. Um, you don't, you know, you don't yeah. need to be fearful. Get stuck yeah. in. Oh, exactly. Uh, the standout star was definitely uh, Bowl, my specialist with a grenade launcher. I put him on a rooftop. He stayed there the entire game. And all he did was mess with Delac trying to move from cover to cover. There's like, you know, uh, Alan would move a Delac guy out. It's like, well, he doesn't quite make it to cover, but I'll be all right for next turn. And then I peer down like, you know, actually my grenade can see you through these five pieces of buildings through this hole in a wall. <laughs> uh, and he's just in range. So he's got to lob a frag grenade there and try and knock you off the ledge. <laughs> yeah, well. uh, all kinds of shenanigans like that. Um Lots of smoke grenades were thrown and shot in the case of Bowl with his grenade launcher, uh, which was tons of fun. Um, the standout highlight was Buster the Bully, the brand new Juve, was uh, sort of the personal meat shield for my leader. Mm -hmm. uh, and the problem was those two were tied up most of the game because there was a guy with a hand flamer and another guy with a web pistol sneaking around the side of the board. I was like, I've got to head them off at the pass. But they were being too sneaky. They weren't. They weren't taking the bait and coming out into the line of bolt gunfire from my leader. <laughs> so um, I played a card. You get one extra action with this fighter this turn. Buster ran across the bridge with his first move and with his next two actions, declared a charge around the corner directly into the guy with the web pistol. Sprinted around the corner, slalomed into him. If he had been a regular ganger and not a champion that he was charging, this would have worked perfectly because he did a wound. He charged in, butt naked, no armor, just a knife and a gun, <laughs> runs in, stabs him with his knife, but then the lack grabs the braid and set blade says, I'm not done yet, and then just punches him in the head, and down he goes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got one wound, the lack rolled really well, actually, because he had to hit on a four, then wound on a five with his two attacks. Uh, got a wound through, uh, Buster was severely injured, but because it wasn't, that Delac guy's turn, he hadn't made the charge. He couldn't take him out immediately. And so Buster performed the last and bravest act of his life, which is he crawled two inches backwards out from behind the thing he had charged behind to try and draw the Delac out into the line of fire with his last <laughs> breath. <laughs> Just crawl. He's like, come on, boss, you can shoot him now. You've got him. <laughs> um, but didn't quite crawl far enough. The Delac oh. charged him, stepped on his back, and then consolidated back behind the tank they were hiding behind. Oh. Uh, and I never got a clear shot. And the worst part is, he got severely injured. He's he's now suffered a permanent injury. He's enfeebled, which oh. means he now has minus one toughness for the rest of his life. Oh. So he's only toughness three like a normal person. That's disgusting. Oh. He should be toughness four like all the other Goliaths. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. See, I wouldn't mind if it happened to my other Juve, Brent. Because no one likes <laughs> Brent for a start. He got shot in the head right at the start of the game and pretended to pass him, pass out cold. So he was fine. He didn't give a, he didn't care. He doesn't care mm -hmm. about the gang. Buster <laughs> cares. He made a real yeah. sacrifice. And also he looks big and beefy. He looks like he should be toughness four. Whereas Brent is weedy. He looks like he should be toughness three. But now yeah. it's the other way round. That's awful. Oh. Uh, Are they, I hope they respect him for it. They better. <laughs> He's, a Jew. He's meant to do suicidal charges into enemy territory. <laughs> he did very well. Um, his actions before that were throwing a smoke grenade at the end of the bridge and trying to throw a smoke grenade to the end of the bridge and instead throwing it forward a half an inch to land in the river. 
<laughs> so yeah, Amazing. he's not got a good eye on him. He's not got a good no. eye on him. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I did a few spookums with uh, just using Benny, my stimmer, running around with his two big uh, spud jackets, his big clubs. Everyone's like, oh, God, I've got to watch out for him. But he just hid behind a statue of a space marine the entire game, which I, I find it very enlightening that um, a gang who uses old space marine equipment, their leader stole, uh, being protected by a statue of a space marine to be very perfectly themed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when Benny least when it was least expected, Benny whipped out his trump card I had bought him the shittiest pistol possible, just as a backup weapon. It's sort of like plinging people left and right with a stub gun. Didn't do anything with it, unfortunately, but he tried. Bless him. Uh, <laughs> the the motto of the game was "We're doing our best" because it was it was awful. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Necromunda continues to be a ton of fun. Uh, I got a few credits out of it. I didn't lose any reputation, which is nice, and yeah. everyone got some more experience, so it's not too bad. Nice. Um, yeah. Looking forward to the next game, whenever that'll be. The next, mm. like, two or three weeks' time. Yeah. yeah it's, good that, it's good that you've got something going, like you said before, that, mm. that you know, this was going to be, a you know, hopefully a regular thing. So it's, no, it's nice that it's... And it, like, like we said before, it's nice that every time you play, something fun is going to mm. happen and you don't have to get all yeah, meta yeah. and competitive about it. You can just rock up with your gang. You know, something mm. happens to them, things blow up. You know, people lose eyes, people get knocked on the head, and then you have a good time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cool. All right. Um, Right. So, I believe it's my community spotlight? It is. Yes. It is. So, my community spotlight uh, is you slash wolf dog art corner on Reddit. Um, Okay. Because there's a subreddit on Reddit called Imaginary Warhammer, uh, which is all about, like, Warhammer fan art. Okay, uh, and yeah. he's done some incredible stuff. The thing I noticed today was this. Let me just send that over to you. Okay. Uh, this art of Araman facing down Demon Primarch Lehman Russ. Oh, uh, oh boy! From the uh, from the fan fiction Dornian Heresy, where Rogel Dawn took Horus's place as the Arch Traitor, mm. and all the other Primarchs switched side. Obviously, uh, I saw that and went, "Ooh, yeah, yeah!" Some incredible stuff. Um, and you got me reading about all that kind of stuff as well. There's lots of cool things. But he consistently pumps out fantastic art like this, uh, such as this Howling Banshee Wraith Knight that I just oh, sent you. yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. loving that. And, yeah, and uh, this custom Tyranid bioform, The Interrogator, uh, he, his art style is fantastic. Mm. Uh, it's sort of a – it's sort of cartoony, but it feels – super thematic to the warhammer universe it's hard yeah. to describe it's just i i saw that image of lehman russ and Ariman, clicked on his profile and just started scrolling through all the previous <laughs> posts going oh wow this is so cool uh this is so cool come on come on um <laughs> uh yeah so congratulations on the absolutely fantastic art you are an enriching part of this community wolf dog art corner <laughs> I wish your name was easier to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I mean, it's amazing what people do. I mean, it it, mm. it it actually blows my mind how good sort of artists are that that obviously. Yeah. I mean, I don't know their background. I don't know if they do it for work and stuff. But you, you, there's just obviously mm. clearly people out there that can do art that just do it and don't make a living from it as such. They just mm. you know, mm. and 
it, it just, like I say, it blows my mind how talented people are. And obviously that can apply to the hobby itself. Like some of the painting mm. and, you know, model skills people have. And again, they're not a professional in it is just, yeah. yeah, just absolutely blows my mind sometimes. But yeah, this, mm. this guy, uh, is, or girl is, is just doing <laughs> yeah. some amazing stuff. <laughs> like just mm, what you've said. That, honestly, that Lehman Rust Demon Prince is, yeah, phenomenal. Mm, it is. <laughs> and I want that as a so model. Cool. Oh, yeah, please, God. If, hey, if that's how Rust comes back, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Amazing. Cool. Well, I think it's now time to do the episode hobby tip. Uh, well, this is sort of a, a question that turned into tips, so, yeah. I suppose, so to speak. So uh, this came from Mr. Stephen Rhodes. And so on our Discord, he asked, uh, so folks, I need some advice. My mini collection has outgrown my singular IKEA glass cabinet. I bet that's a detourf. Um, mm. I don't want to have models <laughs> crammed into a case when I'm not using them. So I need some ideas on army storage as I have two armies yet to build. How, how do you all store store all your hobby projects when they're not going to mm. events or being worked on? Uh, I don't really want them to sit on a shelf and collect dust either. So that's mm. basically what he asked people. And it, yeah, it's, it's a very good question because yeah, that's that's the thing a problem that we always face. Obviously, we discussed it recently because obviously you yourself yeah. got one of those IKEA cabinets, didn't you, Cameron? Mm. Um, yes, quite recently. So it yeah, it's one of those sort of situations where. You know, we're we're always moaning about backlog. We're like, right, okay, I'm going to smash mm. from a backlog, and it's like, damn, no, no where, where do, do I, I put, put all it? this lovely stuff? <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult one. Um, and so yeah, we had a few suggestions. One uh, that uh, someone links, and I've I, it's something I sort of use anyway, is um, mm. using like cupcake um, and cake boxes. I think I've said this mm. on the show before. Yeah. I used it when I last played at Warhammer World where and that was mainly mm. obviously for actually taking stuff so where you get one at you and again this one actually comes from IKEA I believe they do mm. like this this huge round cake uh box you know so it's a plastic you know base mm. and a big big massive quite high lid on it so you can put you know quite uh, tall models in it and then you just you know just clamp the sides down uh combined with blue tack um, again it's not the it's not the most professional way of doing it but it works <laughs> and it means you can you know carry stuff that way and again it's mm. not a bad idea if you know if you want to put stuff away but you don't necessarily want them on display um and i find as well again what someone else suggested is a lot of these um i said these cupcake boxes so they're usually mm. rectangular um and you know you could and they have little trays inside them but also the good thing with them is they stack or they tend to stack depending on which mm. one you buy you can get them from you know your local uh stores that sell cake type things <laughs> that yeah, are not for yeah. eating um <laughs> so yeah it's, it's got again another good way of doing it obviously ideally you want to sort of you know get them stick into the bottom somehow Blue tack is one way of doing it. Obviously, some people use magnets and washers mm. or use magnetic sheets and washers. So that's another thing you could try. Um, mm. I, I, I mean, other one is, I suppose, more IKEA cabinets. I know that's not always the most practical. Um, but again, I suppose if you're clever with your room, depending obviously where you mm. put your models, um, I think I think a lot of people often use the, yeah. the big shelving units as well from IKEA or other we're not sponsored by ikea honestly um we everything's like yeah you know these big uh big uh you see them on like uh 
battle, mm. battle report videos yeah. often yeah. on YouTube, you know, where they've got all their armies in the background. So, um, mm. yeah, I mean, is there any, any ideas you've got, Cameron? I know you obviously, I said you've just got your cabinet, well, but yes. have you yeah. got around I, I it? Can, uh, I can highly recommend the Billy from uh, Ikea, mm-hmm. which is the name, of the name of the shelf I got, uh, with the Oxberg doors on the front, if you wish to help prevent dust and that kind of thing from getting mm-hmm. on them. Uh, honestly, that kind of furniture is super helpful because I'm putting all the models on the higher stuff where people can see stuff. I'm putting all the modeling adjacent faff that I have just <laughs> spread around the house in the lower shelves, conveniently out of sight of the normal person. Um and yeah, no, that kind of shelving I think is probably the best, but for like the kind of thing Stephen wants where he wants to be able to put it all the way into a cupboard that already exists, honestly, you're pretty right. You can't go far wrong with the, with the cake, uh, boxes, cake tins, whatever yeah. they are. They're really fantastic. Um, I've seen, I've seen people use toolboxes for larger models, like the yeah. metal hollow toolboxes. If you yeah. put a magnet in the base of the model, they'll stick to the base of that. I think I saw someone carrying around a knight army in one of those once, which seems <laughs> massively appropriate because I'm pretty sure it was an admec knight army. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> carried around in a toolbox. <laughs> um, basically, what you want to be sure of is that when they're in there, if the box gets moved around, they don't want to be jostled around at all. So whether mm. you're using magnets to stick them down or blue tack, or if you're using foam or some other form of padding, that's what you want. Uh, but if you're using something like foam or padding, you want to make sure that it does not, it's not too tight, I guess yes. is the way to say it. Like, um, yeah. if it's in constant contact with the model and the box is jostled around a lot, it's mm. going to start rubbing paint off unless you've varnished it pretty well. Uh, so that's the kind of stuff you want to consider. Like, you don't want the model moving because you don't want it breaking. You don't want the model yeah. too contained or too close to other models because then they'll get scratched and dented or, or like have paint rubbing off, all that kind of stuff. Uh, just, just imagine the model is a tiny glass sculpture. How would you best take, that's probably a bit excessive. They're, they're, <laughs> they're pretty, they're pretty sturdy, but if you want to take the best possible care, imagine they are more delicate than they are. Yeah. Give them an appropriate amount of space. But yeah, like st- stacking boxes like that is probably the best long term out of sight in the cupboard storage. But be proud of your models. Get a nice Billy or a Detoche, something yeah. like that, uh, and put them out there for the whole world to see. Because, hey, listen to me right now, personal listeners, your models are great. I love yeah, them. I want to see are. more of them. And they're send, better than us, send probably. Send us photos of them. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> Most I can guarantee yeah. they're better than yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah. No, that's no, that's that's um, that's absolutely fair. I think um, actually, in talking of IKEA, uh, the mm. the cake tin is called Crispig. Ah, so K R I S yeah. P I G. So that's the yeah. and it's well over here. It's about six pound, <laughs> and yeah, and it's really tall. Like I said, I remember mm. I got my Manticore, my Chaos Lord, on a Manticore yeah, yeah. in there quite easily um, when I played it Warhammer World. So yeah, it's definitely. Worthwhile looking at those, and it's also it's a win win because you, you can safely put it stuff away, and then it's perfect for like right. I need to go play yeah. a game somewhere, and, uh, it, and I mean obviously you don't get that much space from a uh, flat surface mm. point of view, but it's perfect for like what when we used them where we we're playing like Warcry and things like that. It's perfect for that sort of stuff. Um, but mm. if you're clever with the space, yeah, you can you know especially with the blue tack. I find blue tack's the way to yeah. go with it because they won't move as long as, long as you're mm. you know doing what you're doing correctly. They they won't move. So yeah, cool. So 
Mm. That has been the hobby tip of the episode. And it means I can get on with what I've been doing. Um, and I'm actually, again, I'm, I'm surprising myself where you feel like you're not done much and then you look at your notes and then you realize mm. like, well, no, I've, I've been busy. Um, with yeah. another, with a cheeky little surprise that's going to be in there towards mm. the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, right. What have I been doing? Well, buying wise, let's start with that. So I bought <laughs> Corgus Cool because he's cool. Oh, yes, I do remember um, you did do that. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, so I, I, it seems like ages ago, but it's only the other week. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I bought him on eBay because I want to turn him into a 40K Chaos Lord um, because even mm. though I'm I'm doing Chaos Space Marines at the moment, loving it, um, mm. mainly to do creations of bile, but I also want to do some sort of corn stuff because I think they work nicely with that side of things, obviously Berserkers. I'm still mm. waiting on my chain axes at the moment, but they have been dispatched yeah. coming from Germany at the moment. I'm much looking okay. forward to seeing how mm. they turn out because I've heard lots of good things about those. But uh, yeah, with Corgus Cool, I thought, you know what? He's going cheap on eBay. I, this is what I tend to do. Mm. When, uh, the, this often is one of my, my evening things. I'm Say I'm watching TV with my family and you know what it's like. You're mm. generally watching something you may not be into. So you start flicking around on eBay and you're like, ah, yeah. that's, uh, there's, there's Corgus Cool going at a decent price. Let's buy him. <laughs> so... I've sort of started on him. Um, so at the moment, I'm not bothering with his uh, flesh hound. Uh, the plan is I'm going to keep the right arm and axe on him. Because I was thinking, right, what can I do yeah. with that? I could turn it into a chain axe. That would be really cool. But that's going to be fiddly because I need to put mm. chains on it <laughs> somehow. You know, yes. actual chain Why? edge. <laughs> and I think that's going to be very fiddly. But mm. I thought, no, what I'll... What I could do if I run him is I could leave it as a power axe, just a big badass power axe. Mm, and mm. there is actually a relic whose name I've forgotten. Um, uh, uh, something Glaive, Demon Glaive. Uh, no, yes. it's got Glaive in the title. I can't remember the name of it. But uh, yeah, basically it replaces a power axe and it's really cool. Mm. Um, and I was thinking, okay, oh, well, cool. that's what he could run if I use him. Yeah. Um, I then have sawed off his left arm. Sorry to say, um, so he's feeling the the pain of that, but it's fine. He's he's cornate, you know. He he doesn't care. Yeah. Blood for the blood god. Yeah, uh, blood is being spilt literally. Um, so I saw <laughs> his arm off, and um, I've bought a chaos uh, space marine left arm with a chainsaw. So basically, I'm going to rock him ah, as a what? with a power axe and a chainsaw. Um, mm. So it looks like I haven't put it on yet because um, he's quite a fiddly mm. model in in some yeah, ways. The way yeah. he comes together, you've got it's what he's one of those because he's got this big cloak on and this sort of big mm. thing that goes above his head you feel you, you actually don't have as much space as you think you're going to have when you're thinking oh yeah. i'm gonna put that part in there yeah. so so i need to by the look of it i will need to sort of almost shave off the top of the shoulder of the chaos space marine arm for it to right. fit under his yeah. fit under his cloak but yeah it'll be fine so that, that's oh, what yeah. i'm going to do with him i've i was i wanted to give him obviously a chaos space marine head uh, so I sawed mm. off his head, which again is a bit fiddly because it's already part of the back of the model. Yeah, but I right. sort of, again, this is where a hobby saw investment, which mm. I bought recently, has been the best thing ever for doing this side of things. So yeah, sawed his head off. And I, the problem is that the sort of 
arch thing that goes over his head. If you see the model, he's got this sort of mm. sort of skull arch thing that goes over his where the head would be. It's just not big enough really for anything. So yeah. I cut that away. I thought, you know what? I because I want to leave the big huge corn symbol that's on yeah. his, on his cloak. Yeah. I want to leave that because that just looks amazing. So yeah, so I'm gonna I'm just going through different head choices at the moment, um, and then I'm gonna put the backpack from the current uh chaos lord uh the one who the mm. one from blackstone fortress because i obviously i gave him wings like the other week to turn him into a jump pack so i've got his normal backpack spare so i'm going to put that on the back yeah. of the cloak um nice. and then he'll be pretty much done there's not i'm not i'm gonna pretty you know mm. the good thing is with the the aos corn stuff is you can pretty much leave it as it is really mm. within reason and it looks yeah. just corn stuff you know in 40k so yeah yeah. So yeah, I'm going to finish yeah. him at some point, but uh, yeah, I'm just taking my time with that. You know, making sure I'm happy oh, with how it's man. going. So that's been yeah. good no, fun. He's going to be wicked. <laughs> he certainly is. He certainly is. And and again, I think as we've seen from other hobby stuff when we're talking about other people's work, the, this sort of AOS 40k you know divide. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can break those barriers down and and, oh, and yeah. take models from the other side. We've seen it a lot <laughs> with 40k going to AOS. Um, mm which is oh, sort of yeah. into my my community highlight which I'll talk about shortly. So so yeah, so he's in the works. So he's just a fun little uh, project. Um yeah. at the same time I bought five blood warriors because I'm thinking they they look like corn berserkers. <laughs> so yeah, um they do. um I haven't done anything <laughs> with them yet but they will be when the chain axes arrive from Germany. So that's a mm. future thing. Uh, going to happen in right now talking of corn now if you remember if anyone listened to the last episode i was talking about buying Khan the betrayer off ebay and the yes. funny seller um yes who you know who the guy that i whoever i bought it off was making some really funny comments uh, in a good way mm. when i bought it mm. um the fun continued cameron when it arrived <laughs> oh, so um yeah. i don't know um so so basically when the package arrived at my house recently um and i thought oh what's this and i thought oh yeah it'll be probably Khan the betrayer um what gave it away was just above my name on the address of the you know the package he had put fabius bill's latest experiment and then my name and then my address so no one i don't know what Perfect. the post the postie thought of that when yeah. they were delivering it they <laughs> i they probably don't want to know um no, and quite. and then on the, on the back of the package on the envelope, you know, the the outer packaging, mm. he had drawn a little cartoon head of Khan the Betrayer going <laughs> grr. This, you know, this is what lockdown does to people, clearly. Mm. Um, yeah, clearly. So much so, this is probably the first, like, envelope and packaging I've ever kept. I've just kept it as a memento. <laughs> Aww, because it's just, too good, yeah. it's just too good to not keep. So, <laughs> so yeah, the fun continued. I now have Khan the Betrayer, and it's been an amusing journey for him to arrive to mm. me. So, okay. <laughs> so at some point. Um, I also picked up a Chaos Space Marine Hellbrute because mm. uh, they would go nicely with creations of bar, especially if you arm them with a Power Fist and a Power Scourge. So I'm yeah. going to start that. That's actually one of the next things I'm literally going to start building. It's on my desk at the moment. Nice. Um, yeah. And it's the full kit one, not the one that used to come in the, the old Start Collecting box. Uh, mm. They're hard to get hold of outside of Direct because... Like mm. I said, they're direct only now. So luckily, I managed to find a brand new one on eBay and managed to get it cheaper because oh, uh, than the the than you know the normal price. So that was a nice little bargain. Um, what else? Um, I'll tell you what did arrive. Actually, this is sort of mm. going on to 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 books slightly. Is um, 
uh, Demon of uh, was it Demon Fuge or Demon of Fuge? Yeah, um, or something. Yeah, yeah. How, <laughs> it's a funny word. Um, so yeah, that arrived. I forgot I pre-ordered it because I pre-ordered it uh-huh. on Amazon and I pre-ordered mm. it not long after it got announced. I thought if I pre-order mm. it now, then I know I've got it. And then yeah. I forgot about it. And then you get the dispatch email <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, I ordered that, didn't I? So mm. yeah, it arrived yesterday and it's, uh, it's lovely. Um, I've not read oh, it. Good. I'm not really into comics, no. but it looks gorgeous mm. and I'm going to read it this week. And mm. yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. It's a really nice collectible book. So I think if you've got, mm. uh, any thoughts about getting it, you know, and if you're into yeah. it, it look, you know, I'll report back next. So two episodes time, mm. a new yes. format, um, and say <laughs> how, how that's uh, turned out because I will read it this week. So that's been quite exciting. Um, mm. uh, building wise, again, obviously I spoke about the Chaos uh, Corn Lord. Um, I have built the Chaos Space Marine squad from the Start Collecting Box. So that's the Monopose mm. ones. Um, but yeah. I've also got, uh, the, it seemed destiny. I finished the box building them. Um, apart from the backpacks, because I save those for last, because I hate myself. Um, I I hate backpacks. <laughs> I hate, <laughs> I, sorry, I'm going off a tangent. Here. Backpacks. I hate um, cleaning them up. Space Marine backpacks are one of the, I find one of the most frustrating mm-hmm. things to to um, clean up and tidy up because they're, they're just fiddly. So I always save them for last. So yeah. I must do that. But uh, yeah, so when I finished the the Care Space Marine squad built. Um, the the full kit one arrived the same day. It was like it was mm. destiny, um. Exactly. So yeah, I'm so I've got those to play around with as well. It's a lovely kit. Uh, the the mm. even the monopose one they they go together. Yeah, really well. Minimal cleanup. Uh, lovely. So um, uh, the only snag is you haven't really got much options, obviously, without really cutting mm. them up if you want to change their loadouts. But uh, I think even the, the the thing I did with a few of them, which I know sounds very simple, but it makes a difference, is just changing the direction of their heads because obviously their heads come with a peg mm. at the bottom. Cut the peg yeah. off because you don't need that and just have them look in a different direction. I know it sounds very, very simple, but it makes the makes the model look slightly different, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's an, another thing you can do with a lot of these these kits because, you know, just make them a little bit different. So, uh, so yeah, I'll be working on that squad um, when I've decided how to kit them out. So, mm. yeah, so that's been that side of things. Um, Reading-wise, a bit like you, I've not really read anything, but I have listened yeah. to Brothers of the Snake, which Ooh. is uh, quite an old novel now. Obviously, it recently came mm. out on audio uh, it's about the Iron Snakes chapter, uh, which I, to be honest, I didn't know that much about. Um, yeah. It's uh, done by Dan Abnett, and it's very, very good. Very, very good, good actually. Uh, it's it's it, it remi- it's funny because it reminds me of Eisenhorn slightly because it's the mm. same same narrator, Toby Longworth, same ah, author, yeah. obviously Dan Abnett, and it's similar to the Magos, which was the last Eisenhorn book, you know, where it's short stories mm. and a bigger story. Yeah. It's, sim- it's similar yeah. to that, where it's a lot of little stories, but then the first story and the last story tie together. They're linked, mm. basically. It sort of right. comes full yeah. circle. Uh, Iron Snakes are a really cool chapter to uh mm. to read about or listen uh about you know they've got their own ways of doing things like they 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 pretty much operate in 10 man squads like they're they're almost mm-hmm. like de- they're almost like death watch kill teams like they're their own thing they don't they're not you know and, and basically they put their their lot in whether the, you know like whether their chapter master wants them to yeah. to come along and, and fight together like they're quite they're quite independent um which is really mm. cool they got you know they come from a planet where they 
you know, kill big sea monsters with, you know, harpoons and such like. And yeah, yeah. it's really cool. I must admit, I'm, I'm a big sucker for Space Marine chapters, which are not as well known as the big ones, but have this own really cool backstory. It's a bit like, you know, like the mm. um, Spears of the Emperor and things like that, you know, that we, what we saw with, uh, you know, yeah. recently. So it, yeah, it's a, it's a really good, again, obviously it's an older book. So, you know, if you don't want your prime, you don't want Primaris in your novels, this won't have it because it's an mm. old, older novel. So uh, mm. I recommend it though. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. So mm. definitely check yeah. that out. Right. Okay. The other parts of my hobby section, right. Come a bit closer. Right. You listening? Ooh. Is everyone come a yeah. bit closer? Guess yes, what? I'm right in here. I played one 40k. <clears throat> Just saying, I played uh, Warhammer 40k. What? Um, what? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. You're confined to your I, house. I know. Stop that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used a platform known as Tabletop Simulator to play oh. 40k Ninth Edition. Yes, yes, I did. Me and Martin played it the other day. Well, well, what can we say about that? I know it's it's unheard of me playing stuff, but it, I did, um, and I, we had a really good time. Um, we, good. we decided, so, you know, tabletop similar is quite a popular way to play, uh, AOS and 40 K obviously in lockdown, mm. obviously you're using unofficial mods and things like that, yeah. but it's really good. It's, I, I tell you what it, okay. So let's back it up a bit. We, we played five, uh, you know, uh, 25 PL points, um, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, power level, uh, game, uh, 40 K and, I tell you what, tabletop simula- simulator is very, very good. It's really, really good. Uh, like we didn't have really any problems. It all run really well. Uh, rolling dice. Uh, luckily, we found a board which was sort of pre-made, and it could uh, yeah. obviously all the terrain on it. And yeah, it was really, really good. So what we did is we, we, I say we played twenty-five PL, and uh, I played as ultramarines which sounds a bit controversial, but the reason I, I played as Ultramarines was I just wanted something simple because I thought, right, yeah. um, if I play some of the other armies that I actually physically collect, I am paid enough attention to, you know, combos and stuff. I thought, right, let's do Ultramarines, let's stick with Space Marines. I can just mm. sort of wing it as I go because, you know, it's sort of a bit of a spur of the moment sort of game really so i didn't have that much time to sort of prepare for it so yeah yeah and uh and martin played craft worlds so um it was a nice uh <laughs> nice little dance around mm-hmm. the tabletop so yeah so we played ninth edition we obviously used the new core rules which have been released and we played the uh i think it's only war which is the the mission at the mm-hmm. back of the book we thought let's you know keep it simple it's you know killing your opponent taking objectives uh yeah and okay they say that, you know, a, a game of that size should take about an hour. It took us about two and a half hours. Uh, yeah. But to, we'll caveat with you know, first game, uh, neither of us really ever played 8th edition. Yeah. You know, we never got, yeah. neither of us ever, we played, a, a, you know, AOS, but we neither of us really ever got around to playing 8th edition. So we we're sort of coming in a bit fresh off that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it, in, in a way, in a way, it makes it hard to comment about 9th edition because mm. if I'd played a load of 8th edition, and then go right. Well, this is this is how I felt playing ninth edition. Well, I didn't really play any, particularly any eighth yeah, edition, yeah. so I, I can't make any gaming uh, sort of comparisons. Uh, but we tried to mm. add any rules that we remembered. Uh, what I mean by that is, like, 
that like Overwatch, you know, oh, you know, you got to pay, mm. you know, one command point to Overwatch and things like that. You know, we tried to, even though we were playing with the core rules, which obviously the cut down ones, we don't have the full book yet. We were sort mm. of trying to remember stuff that were, was out of it. Uh, we've probably got some rule, ro- rules wrong. Um, not necessarily the rules themselves, but more, I suppose, about the armies. Um, uh, I must admit, trying to remember stratagems is a nightmare. I've already started working on a cheat sheet because mm. trying to remember that many stratagems I find is an absolute nightmare, but that's just more 40k as opposed to ninth edition. Yeah. But uh, yeah. so I brought with me a Phobos captain. I brought mm-hmm. two units of five intercessors, three eliminators, and an Invictor warsuit. Uh, the intercessors had uh, thunder hammers on the sergeants, and the eliminators had yep. the uh, bolt rifles. Um, uh, sorry, not the uh, bolt sniper rifles. And yeah, yeah. the warsuit had the uh, the auto cannon, uh, twin auto cannon ah. thing. Uh, it was yeah, it was really good. Um, ended up, I ended up uh, winning, which was really nice. It was nice to actually get a win yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in games. I just feel like I lose everything. Uh, Martin brought, uh, I think it was a farseer. It was either farseer or warlock. He brought an autark. Uh, he brought uh, a unit of ten guardians, ten striking scorpions, and ten dire avengers. I want to say oh, I think that was basically nice. what yeah. he brought. Um, I think. I think. The way I, the reason I won was because luckily I played to the objective as opposed to trying to kill. Mm. Um, yeah. I know you hear people say that quite often, and it definitely is true. You know, you, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that's how you generally win. Um, mm. And it was, and I tell you what, this is my takeaways from this game. Um, the <laughs> the eliminators were fun, but they never got to do anything because he killed them. Uh, um, well, but but because <laughs> what I did is I put them on top of train so they could basically see the whole battlefield. But what was quite mm. good is it made him commit his um, deep striking uh, striking scorpions. Ah, uh, yeah, so that would be deep striking scorpions. Ah, yes, that would yes. be a thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, would uh, <laughs> so he made him commit to those, um, which they did. But then. It allowed my intercessors to sort of run a bit of riot with them by you know mm. shooting and fighting really. So he it made yeah. it made him commit to uh, to you know taking out the eliminators. Uh, the Invictor Warsuit is one of the best units I've you know <laughs> I, I love it. It's <laughs> such a good unit. It just it's mm. it's such a it's like a naughty little toy it, you know in the sense yeah. that it's got loads of shooting. It can move fast. It's you know got quite a few wounds on it. Okay, it got taken out mm. in the end. Um, you know, yeah. to he had one of those um, guardian uh, lance Quite cannon bombs. things. You yeah, know, the, yeah. the, the the turret things, um, mm. which knocked quite a few wounds off it. But uh, it it managed to take out most of his guardians. It could have done better against his dire avengers, but um, obviously once the profile was going down, his ballistic skill was going yeah. higher, and then he was using you know Eldar shenanigans to make it harder to hit them and stuff like that. Um, intercessors were great, you know, obviously with their bolt discipline. Uh, Thunder hammers on sergeants are scary. I managed to like basically one shot his autark with with it when he rushed oh, into Jesus. combat. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was good. It was again, it was only you know twenty five pl or would be roughly mm. about five hundred points. But it was it basically. I know this is a very very obvious statement, but both armies played as you would imagine. The marines were tough. Yeah shooty but not as mobile the eldar would run in all over the place but they were very squishy and i think that's sort of what won it for me in the end because obviously most of the stuff was mm-hmm. toughness three everything yeah. i'm running was pretty strength four so most of the time it's threes or twos to wound uh yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah definitely uh, like i said my takeaway is 
very obvious things. Intercessors are very good. Uh, <laughs> Invicta Warsuits are very good. Uh, yeah. I can't comment about Eliminators. And the cap, Phobos Captain didn't really do much, but he was there. You know, he, was <laughs> he did sort his of, best. He did his best. He was there. He was patting them on the back to give them, you know, re-roll mm. ones and things like that. Um, but no, it's definitely what it's done is I have, and I've literally started doing this. I've started a 40 K cheat sheet for the rules. Mm. Um, oh, and I've good. started yeah. a stratagem cheat sheet. What I want to do with a stratagem yeah. cheat sheet is, and I may, this may be something that they do in the app when we talk about that later is what I find hard with stratagems, especially the space Marine ones where they're so God, mm. many of them, you know, you've got the codex ones and you've got the codex su- supplement ones as well is yeah. it's, it's remembering them for the various scenarios. So what I'm trying to do is break mm. them down into scenarios. Like these are the offensive shooting ones. These are the offensive melee ones. These are the, yeah. the defensive ones. So you can go, right. Okay. I'm about to get shot at by something. Is there anything here I can quickly use to, mm. yeah. you know, again, if you use an army regularly, you will start remembering these things. But that's when you play a lot and as someone that doesn't play much and hopefully will play a bit more, even if it's on tabletop simulator at the moment, then I want to remember my stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, so I'm going to, um, uh, you know, we're going to carry on with that. And, and the exciting news talking a tabletop simulator is that, um, and, and this links in with our discord is that Stephen Rose is looking to organize a discord mm. crusade over tabletop simulator. So, uh, if you want any yeah. more reason to join our Discord, there's another great reason <laughs> to join it because yeah. that hopefully will be on the horizon once the ninth edition officially releases. So that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, last couple of bits. Um, I uh, carried on playing Soulbound. Obviously, we've been doing yep. that. Um, we've got a session tomorrow, I think. Uh, we had a, another yeah. session last week. Still proven to be really good, really enjoyable uh, game. Um, and um, I can't really say any much more than, you know, like I said, if you like those sort of games, carry on playing it, to be honest. You know, the adventure carries on at the moment. Um, our characters are, you know, are doing really well. Um, it was quite nice, actually, last session because they we started doing our endeavours, which is basically what you can do in your downtime. Um, so as my my uh, Stormcast character is trying to remember how they died, that's so that's the the like the little mini adventure i'm on i remember my character you know my character used to be a private investigator when they were a mere mortal um and they trying to work out how i said how they died which is really cool and then you've got the other characters are sort of you know doing all their sort of faction related uh investigations and stuff like that i think it's really cool it's a really cool mechanic Mm. to add and just gives it your characters i suppose a bit more character so that's been really cool. So I'm going to keep playing with that. Hi, everyone. Matt here. I'm just adding this post-recording because uh, at this part in the show, we're about to talk about cold open stories. Uh, and fortunately, we learnt after we recorded this episode that for the foreseeable future, cold open stories is suspended. Uh, unfortunately, Colin, the the guy behind uh, the greatness that is cold open stories has had some personal issues um, and has had to, like I said, stop production of their audio dramas, uh, judging of their, of their fiction uh, competitions, etc. So uh, if you would like to support Colin uh, in this sort of bad time for him, um, I will put a link in the show notes of the way you can help support this. So like I said, it was just, we put put this in just to sort of try and help him out. And, and like I said, if you've liked anything that, that uh, Cold Open Stories has done, uh, it's a great way to support him.
But uh, thanks for that, and uh, back with the show. Cold Open Stories. Obviously, we've been judging yes. the um, the June Fast Fiction, and mm. we've done we've done it. We've judged them. Yes, the, we've yeah. put our scores in, and obviously, we can't say any more than that. And obviously, we won't know who no. the winners are because obviously, there's all the other judges as well. But and mm. you would agree with us, Cameron. The the standard has been fantastic of these stories. It's been yeah. so good. Um, yeah, and it, absolutely. It's, it's been really good because it, you don't. I don't know if it's the same for you, but you just, I just didn't know what I was going to get. Get. I know again a very mm. obvious statement, but when you're mm. reading dozens and dozens of entries, even though it's on the one thing yeah. which was everyone can see it, it was amazing because you're thinking to yourself, I, I, you know, like you you knock through one because obviously because there are a thousand words, they don't mm. take that long to to get yeah. through, and then it's like, great, right, next one, come on, what's the next one going to be mm. about? And, it, and and it's amazing <laughs> where people went with that theme. You know, there's some that mm. were pretty obvious, but then there were some that were were amazing as well. Um, oh, yeah, the standard were, was great. Were, mm. Yeah, I, I tried to mark as hard as I could, and I mm-hmm. think the lowest score I gave was a fourteen out of twenty four. So that's still really good. Yeah, um, everyone. Everyone did fantastic jobs. If you listen to this and you entered uh, June's Fast Fiction, thank you, because I had mm. a fantastic time reading all of those <laughs> entries. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd echo that. It was, yeah, I think the lowest I gave was like probably a 12, and I think the highest was like, you know, 22 or something like that. Like I so, yeah. said, it was hard. It's hard to judge them because mm. the, the standard, like I said, was so high. And, yeah, it's very inspiring as well. And like I said, any, anyone that's listened mm. that, that may have entered it, thank you and well done even just for entering mm. because it's a, it's a big yes. thing and you, oh, you all did extremely well so that's been good fun um talking about writing uh i finally got my black library submission rejection mm. <laughs> this week as well um <laughs> just you know seven months after they were meant to happen <laughs> well exactly i mean i i part of me is sort of saying well maybe they were like they were on an um and an r in or it could be just they finally just got around to reading it i don't know obviously the answer because you got <laughs> your answer quite quick um yeah was, uh, yeah I'd, I'd forgotten about it to be honest um mm. I'm, I'm i'm not surprised you know we're not writers as such we're just nah. guys that just thought would give it yeah. a go but it was not it's a good experience so i wasn't gutted you know i'm just pleased that mm. i did it you know and you know and such like so yeah so that was finally came around into my inbox <laughs> um mm. and the last thing again this is about writing um i was chatting to nate crowley the other day so nate crowley mm. is the guy behind uh severed if you a few episodes mm. back we covered yes. severed that that lovely necron novella that we both mm. really loved um he reached out to us um, mm. private message us and said that he listened to the episode and thank you for all the lovely feedback. Um, and that was really nice because I, I must admit, I'd, I'd, nice. I'd, I'd never found him on Twitter because I and I didn't realize mm. he he works for um Rock Paper Shotgun, the um PC oh, really? gaming. Yeah, he's oh, one there, like he's like their yeah. reviews editor or something. Um, because oh, awesome. I, I, yeah, I, because I, I, I looked at I looked at him on Twitter, um, and he had a load of followers. And again, without being disrespectful, mm. I thought, God, you got a lot of followers. You know, like, you know, for <laughs> what seems, you know, and I was thinking, what, what mm. you know, what, you can't be just purely on, on your Black Library, um, mm. sort of career, because obviously you're, you're quite new to it. I was thinking, started, and then, like, yeah. So, yeah, and I was realised, yeah, he works for Rock Paper Shotgun. I was like, ah, oh, that, <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he, he's a really nice guy. He said, anything I can do to help, he'd give us, he told me a few other little stories that, um, 
that he'd worked on in the past that you you know little like ones in Infer- inferno for example but mm. um he said that he you know that uh, he'll be in touch with us when more news comes later down the line so so yeah. basically awesome. he he's agreed to come on the show at some point in the future when yeah. uh when the stars align and he's got something mm. to talk about you know in addition to obviously what he's yeah. done before so yeah it was really nice to 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 speak to him he's a really really nice guy mm. And, uh, you know, and it's, and, it, and it, there's something nice. And we've had this before with some of the other authors where they've messaged us after, you know, mm-hmm. we've covered one of their novels, especially the, the guys that are quite new to black library. And it's really nice. You know, it's nice that they, yeah. you know, that yeah. the, the, they reach out to us and not, you know, and it's like, thank you for saying good things about our book. And it's like, when we go back saying, well, thank you for writing such a good book and, and we yes. covered it. <laughs> and so it's a really nice experience. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been really good to 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 speak mm. to him and yeah it's uh yeah it's been a bit like i said been a, a busy yeah. few weeks so um yeah and it's been great like i said repeat myself it's been great to play 40k mm. as well i'm definitely looking forward to playing uh more of it so uh so yeah, yeah. so yeah that's been my hobby for the last couple of weeks so i'll do mm. my community highlight now i've actually sort of mm. got i'm cheeky i've been cheeky i've got two actually because I don't play by them rules. Uh, so, <laughs> so right. So my first one is quite, uh, well, new and quite a small uh, account, I suppose, that's joined Twitter. It's uh, known as AOS underscore Realm Shift. So it looks mm. like it's going to be a AOS campaign amongst a group of people. Um, and it's and what I've seen, again, only, they've only started this in June, uh, and what I've seen though, it, some of the stuff they're doing looks amazing. Um, I think actually mm. one of the people in this campaign is the Pro Painted podcast uh, oh. in for AOS, uh, who are very popular. So mm. uh, they're sort of forming part of this as well. Um, but the one thing that, like I said, that that caught my eye, I think that's how I found it on Twitter, was this uh, mechanical griffin. So, mm. so uh, mm. one of the people as part of the campaign has done this work in progress of. Uh, of this here, yeah, some mechanical griffin, and it looks amazing. Again, it just mm. uh, what I said earlier about this sort of dev- you know where people are using forty uh, k miniatures in AOS, you know, like yes. we've seen yes. in other projects. I said it looks amazing, mm-hmm. and yeah, this this model looks absolutely fantastic. Do you, do you um, what do you think they've used? Is that sort of part of a um, like a Morlafine, no, or something it like is, that? It is the body, arms, and head of a Helldrake. Ah, and yes. then I, I yep. think they've added they've added the little lander legs and the wings from the new Mechanicus Archaeopter. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it looks, it, so it looks amazing. <laughs> it looks so good. They've done it in black and purple, so I'm instantly going to mm. like it because that's one of my favourite <laughs> colour combinations. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And again, even though it's AOS, it you know it was for AOS, it it looks right, you know, because mm. we you know, AOS can have this sort of cool stuff. And, mm, um, mm. and, and I hope, and, and it's really good because obviously I suppose this is actually a good tie in for, for the anvil of apotheosis part of the general handbook, yes. which obviously we'll talk about yeah. in the new section, you know, where you can do custom heroes now. And yeah, I, I, I love this idea. I think this is, it's nice mm. that this is now becoming more of a thing for people. I know it's all, all 
already always existed you know people have always mm. created custom characters but it's nice though that with obviously again what we'll talk about later with aos and obviously now with crusade as part of um 40k it's nice that mm. custom heroes and things are gonna be a more of a thing now you see around hopefully because people mm. will have rules that they can use for them as opposed to just sort of you know doing house rules with their mates i, I think yeah. it's it's uh it's fantastic but this this i said i'm going to keep an eye on this on this uh aos realm shift sort of yeah, campaign because it, it it looks really cool so the, it looks like the backstory i'll just quickly read it in the aftermath of nagash's necroquake pockets of unstable magic exploded and poisoned the lands where the polarity had shifted magic which would only last moments was now able to sustain itself indefinitely was seemingly a will of its own this event known as Re- a realm shift has left the unprotected outer landscapes to perish with a deathly magical presence eating away at the living and spawning plague and ruin throughout the realms Oh, look, look, they've got realm and ruin like in that same sentence. Yeah, duh, duh, exactly. duh. Um, the, the warlords have an opportunity, a chance to build a new force and take advantage of the damage caused. So, yeah, so that's the backstory behind it. And it's basically a tale of, war, of four warlords, basically. And, yeah, they're doing, from what I've seen, amazing-looking stuff. So definitely keep an eye on them. Um, and the other uh, thing I was going to do for the community highlight um was a another 40k bat rep uh channel which is uh sn as in sierra november sn battle yeah. reports on youtube um they're quite known well known to quite a lot of people but obviously not everyone knows mm-hmm. about all the channels um these guys are based in gibraltar in gibraltar i believe um oh, cool. i had to look it up on their channel because i noticed they had a, sl- <laughs> a few of the guys had a quite an, a f- an accent to them and i was like oh, where's that accent from and uh, yeah mm-hmm. i looked it up on their channel uh they do really good really good 40k battle reports it's very much in the theme or the mm-hmm. especially the older theme of tabletop tactics so if you like tabletop tactics you'll probably like these guys as well where they're sort of you know a bit competitive a bit chilled um you know pretty quite professional with the way they do things um i can't say much more than that because it's just a 40k battle rap channel but i think that the way they do things um they try new things it's quite they got quite a clean presentation with it um Mm. yeah i you know again i just think that if you like like i said tabletop tactics who are obviously one of the most popular 40k bat rep channels out there because of obviously the way Mm. they deliver things and such like these guys are yeah you know uh are doing really well as well and i just think that they're like just you know if you want another sort of channel in your um you know subscriptions this is another one to to consider as well so yeah i'll put obviously the links to all our community highlights in the uh description of this episode Right, okay, so last part of our hobby section before we take our break is, like I said, we're going to do Discord highlights. So this is just to highlight uh, a few of the people on our Discord, some of the things they've been working on, some of the things we've liked. Um, I will sort of, you know, before we (laughs) say our picks... Um, there's no we try not there's no like favoritism or anything like that so do apologize if you've been doing some good stuff on our discord and we don't mention you it's not you know <laughs> we're not sort of saying this mm, one's better than that yeah. or anything like that it's just no, you know no. two things that sort of caught our eye and 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 obviously you know we'll mention other people as as the time goes on so um so cameron yeah who's been your mm. discord highlight of recent times uh my pick is pillar of the discord community drew uh, mm. because his zinch blue horrors quite frankly a delight to look at something yeah something about the shade of blue tickles something in my brain that i absolutely it, it's the same as when i first used that talisar blue contrast paint i look at it yeah. like, that's a really really beautiful color they're wonderfully painted 
smooth as anything. Um, I can't wait to see what he does with the pinks and the brooms. Definitely. Today. He will uh, undoubtedly get to uh, turn these blues into. Um, yeah, really fantastic work. And the fire effects look fantastic as well. Yeah, they They're do. so good. So, so good. I, I'm, I'm really pleased for him, actually, because obviously I know him personally because I've, I've met him a few times from... Um, you know, mm. and Warhammer World and such like, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm glad for him as well because I know, and I hope he didn't mind me saying this. He, he you know, he, I suppose he, he wants things to look as good as he can, and I know he mm. sort of thinks over things and you know, makes sure you know, things look right and such like. So I'm, I'm glad, you yeah. know, that when we all suffer with it sometimes, where you sort of you want things to look good and it obviously, you know, stop it mm. holds you back sometimes. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased. I mean, he's, obviously he's a massive uh, Zinch player himself and. No, I think he's done an absolutely fantastic job of those, so I'm I'm over the moon for him. And like you said, I can't wait to see how his pinks hor- horrors look. Uh, yeah. So no pressure, Dre. <laughs> uh, so cool. Um, right, mm-hmm. so my pick is uh, Martin's Gloom Spike Gits. Um, so mine, mm-hmm. okay, he's my, he's my mate as well. But um, he's, like I said, he's been absolutely cranking them out, especially over this lockdown period. Um, I think he's just hit over 3,000 points of painted gloom spike. Wow. Um, yeah. and, and to be honest, he, the, 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 the good thing is he, he sh- he's shown what you can do with contrast. Cause basically he's just done them all in contrast effectively. Obviously he's probably, I think he's used a few other, you know, not non contrast paints just for highlights and such like, but he's done the right thing of, you know, mm. a, about going about going about it is, you know, he's been <laughs> mainly using like his lunch breaks, obviously now working from home, using lunch breaks, or craftily doing them during Zoom meetings. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, to, to get your painting done. And I think, you know, he's he's gone about it the right way in the sense that, you know, and he said to me, he just wants, you know, contrast makes them look good. I'm not going to yeah. do what, you know, the same sort of principle as we were talking with Drew. It's like, just, you know, to get them done. I know, again, I know, you know, we're all, we're all one mm. to speak about this and it's always easy to, to say it rather than do it. But, you know, he's just just worked his way slowly through them. All right, okay, I've got I've got a lunch break. Nothing's going on. I'll start painting these. And you know, and again, using the mm. speed of contrast, he's he's got them done. And now he's like I said, he's hit three thousand yeah. points, and he, now he wants more. <laughs> That's a, he's got a real <laughs> horde of them of uh, of them going really. Yeah. So I'm, no, I'm I'm really pleased for him as well, uh, and he's taken the same approach with his Eldar because obviously he's doing Eldar, for, you know, craft worlds. Hence why he used them when we played mm-hmm. Tabletop Simulator to uh, to obviously do it for Crusade in you know in, in yeah. real life as well. So he's you know he's been using the same sort of approach to get those done as well. So you know in the in the sort of three or four months we've been in lockdown, you know, stuff's getting done really, and it just shows, like I said, if you just want you know you contrast. I know you know it, people are often divided on it. It, you know, if you apply it correctly, and I suppose if you've got the right sort of army, Gloom Spike gets being an example, um, mm. you can get stuff done, you know, and, and, yeah. and in a reasonable amount of time as well. So, no, well done to both of you guys for, for what yeah. you've been doing. So, you know, it just shows that put your mind to it, you get your hobby done. We can all learn from that. <laughs> cool. Right. <laughs> okay. So that has been our hobby section. So said it's been pretty much the same but obviously with you know a few little Mm. tweaks here and there and it means obviously we're not rushing through it as well so uh we'll take our break and we'll be the only break really because obviously there's only going to be the new section to come so we'll be perusing through that news we'll be going breaking news well probably not but there's actually a decent bit of breaking news that's we're gonna have to add in uh oh Oh, okay. Well, there you go. See, I preempted yeah. it. I, I used Archaon's uh, power to uh, to see in the future and realize we'd have some yeah. breaking news. So uh, it's break time. 
We'll catch you shortly. Welcome back. It's time to talk the news. And like Cameron mm. said earlier, breaking news. What's going on, Cameron? Uh, box fever strikes the nation again as Indomitus sells out in 15 minutes in the UK area. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't it just... Game is mad and salty that they can't get their precious toy soldiers. I don't blame any of you. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> so, this, yeah, this happened right as we were finishing up the last segment. And, um, mm. yeah, uh, it went up for pre-order. It yep. went down for pre-order. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> it much. It is gone. Yeah, I'm... Um, Still trying to get my copy <laughs> as we as we're literally recording. I'm still trying yep. to get it and can't get yeah. into websites because of it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, pretty rough for everyone out there in the UK. I feel positively awful for saying, "Wow, it sold out in two hours in Australia." That's really fast. Um, yeah, because good lord, uh, this is a little ridiculous. Mm. By little, I mean a lot. All um, please remember, don't be mad at your independent retailers. They're not in charge of how many copies are in total circulation. Definitely. Uh, oh, 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 I may, I may, oh, oh, I may be oh, in. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Live, we're coming live from the scene as uh, Matthew attempts to infiltrate the Athens Workshop website. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> Quickly, please. Um, now, the, the upside to this is uh, with, with special information from Alchemist Work- Workshop, we know there is another wave being printed, for, uh, slated for a release in August. So if you haven't managed to get it right now, it's not the end of the world. You can still get Indomitus at a later date. Yes. I know that stings. I know that's really shitty. But August also, is also not actually that far away. Uh, it's like a few weeks. So yeah. if it's the start of August, yeah, if it's the end of August, it's only about a month. So, you know, yeah. it's not too bad. Um, yeah, uh, this is... Weird Games Workshop broke the internet. They broke their own servers, which I yes, thought was did. something I would never see. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, thought I would never see the Games Workshop website completely go down for five minutes. Um, <laughs> it was insane. I was just in the background listening to you talk about Martin's Gloom Spike Kids while at the same time going, oh God, what's happening in the world? Yeah. Something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's falling apart once again. I mean, I'm not surprised, to be honest, considering how mm. good value this box set's going to be. And, oh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, we're always going to get people buying multiple copies. Um, mm, there's going to be yeah. people scalping it. You know, oh yeah, there are people scalping. <laughs> I mean, I, I like I said to you during the break, and I, this isn't mm. me being salty because of me struggling to get it at the moment. But I, th- I genuinely believe that they should limit it to one, one per person, one you know, one oh, per yeah. account. I know they went from yeah. th- you know six copies down to three copies on the official website and obviously independents will do their own thing as well. But I, mm. I think it is, I know, I know there's legitimate reasons why people will buy more than one. Um, and oh, I know yeah. I'm, I'm one to talk cause I'm trying to buy two <laughs> for me and Martin, but then that's only for convenience. Ultimately worst yeah. case we'd buy it one of each, one you know, it's, exactly. Yeah. So it's not, we're just doing it for convenience, but you know, the people and people may want to do it for like, um, you know, commission painting again, it's yeah. legitimate, oh, not like I non scalping yeah. reasons why, people mm. uh would buy it but um you know it's we'll we'll see but i'm 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 actually in now so that's uh, you know um fingers crossed um so so cameron so for people that managed to get hold of the releases today <laughs> what actually yes. is, is coming out <laughs> Uh, so obviously the big bold item on everyone's, on everyone's wish list is the Indomitus box itself. It's big, it's beautiful, it's full of sprues. I've seen it. It's wonderful. 
Uh, but there, there is a ton of extra stuff coming out that is all pertaining to the delicious release of 9th edition Warhammer 4000. Mm. Uh, so first of, first and most importantly, you can't play a game without rules. The core book is available separately from the Indominus box, which is good. Yep. Because it looks to be a very pretty book. It looks to be full of wonderful, juicy art and information and also full of lovely, jubbly rules. Uh, and there is the limited edition version of it, which I didn't even bother to look at how expensive it was. There's only 2,000 <laughs> copies of them worldwide. It looks lovely. It's not for me. I'm getting the, I'm getting the book from the Indominus box. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, chapter approved 2020 is coming out. So we've, we've had a, we've had a paradigm shift. Chapter approved is no longer an end of the year thing. It's a middle of the year thing, just like General's Handbook for Age of Sigma. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, which is cool. Uh, again, it's split into a bunch of tournament based, tournament focused mission packs and then all the points changes in a different booklet. Nice and handy. A crusade journal is up for grabs, as in you can pay money to, a, to attain one, so it's not really up for grabs, I guess. Uh, which looks <laughs> to be a really nice little journal that you can document, uh, your crusade campaigns in, which, uh, it looks really nice. Uh, I, I didn't get one, but I thought about it very heavily. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, sp- I suppose it's also a nice way to keep track of the paperwork. Mm. What's the expression they use for Necromunda? Like nice paperwork, uh, or what's it? What yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, the fun paperwork is fun paperwork. That's it. Yeah, it, it's the it's the best bit of the game. Is all the stuff afterwards. You go, oh, what happened? What what, what advances did people get? In that kind of thing. All the all the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the good, all the good juicy crusade stuff. I can't wait for a unit of eliminators to get plus one to weapon skill or something. I'm sure mm. it'll happen. Yeah. Some nonsense like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, open war cards are available. So these are the random mission generation cards where you draw a deployment and a primary objective and a twist kind of thing. Uh, yep. they've had these for a lot of editions. They've had plenty of them for eighth. Uh, they're coming now re- revamped with ninth in mind. That's pretty cool. They're yeah. nice and handy. Definitely. Um, and I know also I'd mm. be tempted to sort of, I know, again, availability is <laughs> a, a question at the moment, but yeah, they're often yes. one of the things to work, that are worth grabbing because some of these, like cards and other of these sort of accessories, they mm. can, they have a habit of disappearing sometimes. It depends yeah. obviously on the game, but yeah. yeah, I think if you're looking to get what you can, you know, from now onwards, um, mm. I wouldn't be so concerned about chapter approved because obviously you know there's going to be no. plenty of copies no. of that. But the cards and like the the battle zones and things like that, they're the ones that mm. have a habit of just disappearing. So yeah, I yes. would be yes, where if you want it, I would potentially jump on it now. <laughs> mm. Yes. Um, in addition, something very juicy that uh, you're hoping to get, I know, is the battle zone manufactorum battlefield. Uh, yes. Which this is a new box which has, I believe, they're cardboard tiles. Um, yeah yeah that's yeah, similar yeah. to like the boards in uh in uh warmer underworlds it's it's mm. basically you know two like boards that you can obviously flip over but i think it basically it gives yeah. you the the uh, size which i think is 44 by 32 which allows you to play mm. um the you know 500 to a thousand point games basically yeah. or you can yeah. buy two boxes of them and then you'd have enough to to do a 2000 point i mean again it's yeah, just yeah. convenience more than anything Hmm. Yeah, uh, these look really nice. Honestly, I would prefer having those to um, like one of the roll mats that you see people use a lot, simply because these look like they'll be easier to store in the long run because they're just yep. flat tiles. You can just stack them somewhere. They'll be fine. 
And going off the quality of the Underworlds and Necromunda Underhive tiles, these will probably be really nice, although we haven't had a super close look at them yet, but anything to add a little flavor so you're not playing on a bare tabletop, I think is a good thing. Uh, so, Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are various gaming accessories. These include your little, your little range ruler thingamajig, uh, I believe a new set of objective markers. Yeah. As well, like the uh, the themed objective markers where you've got a couple of Necron ones, a few Imperial ones, that kind of stuff. Uh, they they look very nice. All, all those kinds of uh, handy dandy little bits and bobs that you didn't think you needed until you use them once and then feel their loss significantly <laughs> forever after. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're nice. They're handy. Um, yeah. And we've got some new paints um, as well. Yes. Off, off yes. that. There's some new delicious paints to make painting your Necrons much easier. So a couple of the metallic colors have been shuffled around into base and layer colors instead of, I believe, layer and edge or highlight colors or whatever they were called initially. Um, we're also getting Tesseract Glow, which is a new, not a contrast paint, it's a technical paint. Mm. It's basically a contrast. I think I think it's, again, we haven't seen it in action, but it's for getting that beautiful green gauss glow on things. So it's probably like a glaze of some kind. Honestly, it could just be um, the Waywatcher green glaze reborn into its glorious form. <laughs> um, we'll find out again. Uh, and there is a Cryptek armor wash, uh, uh, armor shade wash or something like that, I believe it's called, which will help get that uh that glossy metallic sheen while still making your necrons look dingy and dirty as if un- recently unearthed. <laughs> um it's also been announced that a Rune Lord brass spray is coming later in the year, so that's actually really cool as well. Cool. Really looking forward to that. Uh for knights, though not for necrons. That'll be really handy. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, there are also a couple of little pre-order bonuses. If you managed to get a pre-order of Indominus in, you may or may not, because I don't know how many uh, of these they had, you may or may not be getting a two-sided coin, one side with Ultramarines, the other side with a Necron symbol on it, as well as a little uh, cloth bag with six objective... Uh, six objective... Objective, not objective. <laughs> Thank you, Brain. Objective <laughs> markers in it. Brain just went a little haywire there for a second. Um, bit, bit like the internet <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, and honestly, these look really slick. They're nice, minimalistic, straight up. It's a, it's a plastic disc, either in black or white, with some opposite color lines on it that says what number objective it is. And I appreciate something like that. Hmm. Uh, I'll be, I'll be looking forward to using them at some point. Definitely. Um, and of course, the Indomitus novel um, is coming in one of three delicious forms. You can have mm. the regular hardback version, you can have the Ultramarines leather bound version, or the Necrons leather bound version. Uh, <laughs> I will be getting the hardback version eventually. I will not be getting <laughs> either of the limited editions because they just look kind of kind of dumb to me it's all bright past bright like bright chunky colors but in leather looks really odd to me i really like like the leather bound um siege of terror books they look fancy and classy these just look a little weird <laughs> to me yeah i I'd, I'd agree with that i'm not I'm, mm. I'm not a fan of them they look a bit too i don't know cartoony i don't mm. think and mm. and i still can't see that ultramarine one not looking like he's flipping someone off um, yes, <laughs> with the way, the, the, way the, uh, the shoulder guard goes. So, no, I, mm-hmm. I, I get where you're coming from. Um, yeah, I'll just 
buy the hardback or I may, I'm going to see if there's, well, cause it's coming to MP3 audio book, looking, mm. looking at the website. Mm. So that suggests it will be on audible. I did check this morning. Um, it's not on there yet, but obviously they, I don't know when they update the books on there. So I would keep and look yeah. out on audible as well. Cause I would imagine it comes to that. So I think I'll probably pick it up on that. I think. Mm. Yeah. Good. Mm. Um, there's also been, uh, first off leaks and then pictures of some future releases, uh, which have the community ablaze with interest and fun. Um, <laughs> the first thing is we've seen two new fortifications. And, uh, the interesting thing here is we've gotten a little on fortifications. Fortification detachments will cost zero extra CP if the fortification is from the same faction as your warlord's detachment. So, that's fun. We're getting a little Age of Sigmar-y. They still cost points, though. It's not like terrain yeah. in Age of Sigmar. Um, they're not free, which is good, because the first one is the Hammerfall Bunker, um, which, <laughs> if you've ever played Dawn of War, is basically uh, a souped-up version of one of the little gun turrets you can build as a Space Marines army in that. Yep, that's um, right, yeah. yeah, it looks... Like it's designed to fall out of orbit, hence the name. Uh It's probably a deep striking fortification, which is interesting. Uh, And it's terrifying because it comes with either a bunch of heavy flamers or a bunch of heavy bolters. Mm. And it can shoot those weapons, either the flamers or the bolters, at every unit within range and line of sight. Yep. Because (laughs) terrifying. And now, initially... I was afraid this was going to be terribly broken because I looked at it from the traditional Primaris perspective of, well, if it's got eight guns, that'll be eight heavy bolter profiles that can each shoot at everything within 36 inches in line of sight of the bunker. That's right, yeah. But people on the internet have convinced me otherwise because the name of the weapon is actually Hammerfall Bunker Heavy Bolter Array. Mm. And specifically has a rule where when the bunker is charged the weapon's type changes to heavy six. So either the weapon's type is usually heavy 24 (laughs) for the eight heavy (laughs) bolters uh, and can shoot in all directions, or what makes a little more sense is the unit's weapon type is heavy three, and it gets increased to heavy six when charging because presumably you're charging one face of the bunker so two heavy bolters can shoot at you, yada, yada, yada. Um, Now, that would be the sensible thing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a tiny bit of faith and believe that's how it'll work. Because if it is 20, heavy 24, heavy bolter array that can shoot at everything aligned, so I don't know what I'm gonna do. Cause that's terrifying. Cause it can deep strike. It already covers a massive area. It, it, it's very cool looking though. Uh, it's also got big missiles on top, uh, akin to a whirlwind, has super crack and super frag missiles it can shoot. Um, so if you're playing, Marines, get one of these and just drop it in a strategic position and watch it lay waste to horde armies because this thing's uh, this thing's pretty scary. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a it's quite unique in its own way, and I think I think mm. like so going back to that the uh, heavy bolter thing, you're right. I I can't see it being where as terrifying as you would imagine it to be because that would just be bonkers. Like you said, you could deep strike it and literally fire at the your opponent's like whole yeah. army potentially yeah. i think you this like you said also we don't know the range of it like it may not yeah. be 36 inches it could be yeah. 12 yeah. for all we know you don't know and also you don't know what the ballistic skill will be potentially mm. you know again it doesn't mean mm. it's gonna be three up like on a lot of the uh primary stuff so you know it mm. may be because of the way it, you know because of lack of 
you know the way it moves you do, i don't know you know mm. like i think you're right yeah. it, it yeah. sounds terrifying when you first read it but then i think <laughs> the reality is it probably we won't be as op as yeah. it could yeah. be but I, even games workshop wouldn't do that <laughs> to us no because I, I think yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah watch this space we could be completely wrong on that but um i like yeah. the option i love like i said i love the fact of them putting mm. terrain back in aos and obviously i know there's already you know these sort of fortifications already in 40k but i like the fact they're expanding it now and with new rules and stuff because it just get just mm. adds variety to the game i think it's a good thing yeah yeah uh, and the other piece is the three Necron pylons, the Convergence of Dominion. Uh, these look super fantastic. They're sort of Necron obelisks in various stages of being uncovered from the rock covering them uh, to reveal the Blackstone underneath. Um, Rules-wise, uh, they seem significantly less interesting than the Hammerfall Bunker. Um, they're not bad. They, they have a bubble around each pillar that gives Necrons plus two to their leadership. So most Necrons will become leadership 12. So I don't care about morale, um, is what I'm hearing with that. Uh, and they, they each have a gun called an abductor because it abducts you, obviously, like an alien would, uh, which is, I believe it's a assault D3, strength four, AP minus three, three damage. So it's not a bad gun, but it's not a good gun either. Um, and the icing on the cake was in an earlier article when these were first teased, uh, there was something about cryptex using them to use translocation protocols and everyone, oh, you can teleport your units around and stuff. Um, it turns out the translocation protocol is, uh, actually, um, the cryptex spends his entire turn starting at the end of the movement phase doing nothing else in order to move one of the pylons, not yeah. to move a unit near a pylon, which seems less cool. Um, Maybe maybe we'll be able to teleport warriors through them as well. I would like that. Yeah, but that maybe. remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, people people are saying there will be some interesting shenanigans of teleporting this around and trying to snipe lower tier characters with an AP minus three damage three gun, yeah, which I admit sense. could be yeah. hilarious. Um, yeah. Again, and we'll see. Points wise, these might be significantly cheaper than a Hammerfall bunker. <laughs> uh, so, so they're a bit like yeah. uh, Necron Tesla coils from. Yeah. Red alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're just there as sort of a point defense and buff the troops a little bit. Um, so we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how those go, but they seem really cool. But honestly, those two things aren't what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the man of the hour, the Primaris <laughs> chaplain on an outrider bike. Hey. He looks so cool. He does. He looks so cool. <laughs> and quite frankly, uh, he's going to be a, an absolute ridiculous beast. Because mm. um, I'm pretty sure, off the top of my head, a Primaris Chaplain has four base attacks. When he charges, yes. he gets one more for Angels of Death. And being on an Outrider bike, as we've seen from the Outrider bikes in Indominus, gives you an extra two attacks on top of that. Yeah. So he's going to be making seven attacks on the charge with his Crozius. Which uh, you can upgrade. It might be a Salamander's Relic. It might be a General Relic. There's a Relic that makes the Crozius super duper good. Um, So I fully expect to see Smash Chaplains becoming a thing. And honestly, I'm kind of here for that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like design-wise, basically flawless. I mean, say what you will about the bike getting knocked over if it tries to go up any form of incline. But in terms of aesthetics, my god. 
It's gorgeous, isn't it? So gorgeous. So, and most, so cool. <laughs> and most importantly, he's got his book with him. He's managed, regardless yes. of how fast he's traveling, he's chained yes. his bike with the, uh, <laughs> with his book. book. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's a character. So somehow, even though he's on a bike, he has his, uh, front end elevated on a rock. Yeah. He's also, <laughs> yeah. He's also fitting that. Yeah. He wouldn't fit, he um, wouldn't fit into current. 40k if no. he did, you know he wasn't off no, a rock yeah, exactly. jumping off a rock how would you so. know he was in charge exactly not this is, from all his bling exactly this is how we <laughs> tell these things and, all, and actually also going back to his stats he it would suggest he mm. probably has at least seven wounds as well because obviously a, oh, a normal Jesus. chaplain primarily has five and obviously the yeah. riders tend to have a you know a couple of wounds Cap on because of the bite yeah. so yeah he'll yeah. and i think he's 130 points i think according to the league God, so. i mean he better be at least 130 points he's going to be yeah. what toughness five seven wounds he'll have a three up armor four up invulnerable from the uh, uh from the uh rosarius yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Hey, tell you what, run him in white scars, advance yeah. and charge on that on that bike. Give him, give him what for? Yeah, bikes are back, oh, baby. <laughs> bikes are back. Um, <laughs> there's been a little salt from people who just had their chaplains on bikes retired into legends, but uh, honestly, hey, nothing's preventing you from using a chaplain on a bike that you already have as a primaris chaplain on a bike. No. As long as you're not in a tournament. So uh, I say go nuts. Use the cool yeah. new rules to represent your old Marines. Because, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. He looks good anyway. He's an amazing uh, model. So, so I yeah. think yeah, yeah. it's worth it just for that. Absolutely. Uh, there's also a Primaris Tech Marine. Our prayers yes. have been answered. Uh, he looks fantastic. Um, yeah, he looks really great. Uh, he looks pretty. He's pretty much kitted out the same to the Forge Father from the Iron Hands. Uh-huh. Um but his uh his hydraulic claw looks a little more practical. It's not like a little crane kind of dealio. Uh and glorious posing. He is striding forward, one arm outstretched with the servo arm coming up behind it like a like a fist. Yeah. He looks really cool. Uh it's a great design. Primary yeah. Tech Marine's been something people have wanted for a long time and now we finally have one. Definitely we have two, because there's one manning that uh turret from last episode. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good because I, I think it's been an odd missing piece in the lineup. Mm. Um, yeah, because you know, for for reasons. Obviously, I know they've obviously taken this long to get around to doing a primary tech marine. It's just like I said before, mm. it's just been a very odd omission to the yeah. lineup. You know why they haven't had them, and obviously, there's been no sort of law reason not to have them. It's just purely, obviously, they've mm. just taken mm. this long to obviously design and, and do the model. But I, I'm really impressed with the model. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I love yeah. the fact the servo arm is replicating what the mm. real arm is doing. I think that's a great yes. little move. The yeah. axe looks amazing. You know, mm. <laughs> he's got uh, <laughs> uh, proper kit in our armor. It's just, yeah, I love it. I think it's such a yeah. both, both because obviously it comes with a uh, head variants and obviously uh, hand variants as well. Because obviously we've mm. seen sort of two yeah. sort of s- slightly different designs of it. So, yeah, I mm. think, again, yeah. Primaris Tech Marines, they're on the yeah. menu. Eat them up. It, it, yeah, it really feels like we are finally getting to the end of the Primaris stuff, maybe, possibly. Like, <laughs> Famous last words there, Cameron. <laughs> yeah, it's, prob- it's probably not the end of the Primaris stuff, but it feels like they're finally getting around to replacing tech marines of all things. Yeah. Maybe we're getting somewhere in terms of line replacement kind of kind of dealios. Um, like, we're getting fast attack things with the, out- with the Outriders and the Invader. We're getting 
character options that have been obsolete in terms of actual models being sold for a while at this point. Like, no one's sold a chaplain or a bike for a long time. Um, that kind of thing. Like, we're, we're closing up those final few gaps. So, uh, when we're done with this, I expect a fully new Primaris faction. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> we'll I, I think, I think it, the more this happens, it's more the reality that we're going to see firstborns on their way out. Mm. I mean, not necessarily yeah. this edition, but I think, the the long you know the more this goes on the more there are replacements yeah. that that we are going to be in a situation where it, everything will be primaris um i know mm. some people don't want to hear that i get i get that because obviously um a lot of the firstborn ones are still you know amazing and i don't i don't yeah. want it to happen but i think no, you know no. the more you see it the more that reality starting to set in that yeah these guys are going to eventually get phased out and I suppose I I can see why you know I can see both sides of the of the argument really uh, from GW's point of view. Um, I mm. you know I know again always repeating ourselves with this, but I know Primaris are a very a very you know dividing uh, argument for a lot of people. But mm. at the end of the day, you know they they have but they're better scaled, and you know I suppose mm. as long as I think what would help redeem it slightly again, it was still frustrate people understandably but i think what would help mm. redeem it slightly is is over time the specialist chapter units your wolf and your death company yeah, you know yeah. and uh, such like they start getting primaris versions because then at least that way you you know you know they're not getting sort of screwed out of that side of things but yeah, again yeah. as always famous words we'll we we'll shall see. have to see yeah yeah, honestly, I think it's stuff like that. Like, we don't have, like, I would say a Primaris Terminator's real equivalent yet, uh, that kind of thing. Like, those, yeah. those veteran elite specialist units are kind of the last thing to be updated and upgraded. So, I don't know, maybe we'll see some big sweeps. So we'll see, like, Dark Angels. We'll see Deathwing Knights in su- super aggressor armor that built yeah. up. They have, like, five wounds and a million <laughs> armor saves and something like that in future. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But, yeah. It, it feels like the gap is closing, slowly yep. but surely. Um, now, enough of all that faff, all that imperial <laughs> nonsense. Sarek the Silent King has been <laughs> revealed in his full, indomitable glory. Dear Lord, this is a model. This is, um, I've said this, I said this on, on Reddit, uh, on a post about why does he look so plain. It's like, no, no, no. Zarek is the only character in this entire game who has class. Yeah. is what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. He is deliberately, beautifully made, understated, just enough. He's not showing off because he knows he's in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, he he carries himself. He's got that incredibly upright posture, beautiful, clean lines, just the right amount of adornment so that you know that he knows he's in charge. And, like, and then, like, his his real show of power is he's on a giant floating throne with a tortured god hanging over his head, flanked by two huge sarcophagi. Like, that's the real show of power. But he himself, his body, his image is just class. I love it. Yeah. 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 He's, yeah. He's, I, like I said, he's, he's, let's be honest, he's not understated. And, and, and I, mm. I, I'm not, I don't think every model needs to be over the top because obviously, no. like you said, yeah. you clearly can see what who he is and what he is. But then, like, like say you compare him to the Triumph of Saint Catherine for mm. um, the Sister Battle, which is obviously a very similar sort of model in its own way. You know, the way it's almost like a diorama. 
Um, mm. You know, that's got a lot of detail in it, lovely detail, but, you know, sometimes mm. it can mm. be a bit overwhelming. Whereas I think with this guy, he, he's the right sort of balance at the yeah. end of the day. He's, yeah. he's a, you know, he's that nice balance where you can clearly see who he is. He's going to stand out on the battlefield, but he's not as a model. I'm talking purely from a model perspective. Mm. He's not as mm. intimidating as yeah. he could yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and I feel like it's something to reflect the factions. Mostly these days, we get a lot of Imperial releases. I'm going to be honest. We get a lot of Imperial releases. And the thing about the Imperium is it's a grand sort of, monarcho theocratic crazy thing that is embedded in tradition and religion and scripture and sculpture and the reason a lot of things in 40k are so over the top is because that is the aesthetic of the imperium the imperium is all about gothic nonsense everywhere skulls on everything wings everywhere purity seals and cherubs covering every inch of a building that kind of thing and that carries over to like the designs for Space Marine armor and the designs for Imperial Guard commanders and sisters of battle, especially all that kind of stuff like that density of detail is indicative of like the atmosphere that faction projects They're grandiose and overarching and weighed down by centuries of things building up on top of each other. The Necrons aren't like a faction that cares for over decoration like they no. wouldn't no, make a not. guy covered in covered in stuff and stuff like no, no, no he would have a little decoration to show his status immediately but like he's not gonna he's not gonna have like a big mural of him fighting a tyranid although that would be cool like plus that would be cool yeah like but like if, <laughs> if he came in and he was crazy over the top it wouldn't feel necron like no. it needs to have that slight distance from the over exuberance of imperial architecture it needs to be sort of a little colder and more distant and more alien mm-hmm. and clean and yeah. just the fact that he's so clean like it sounds a little, sounds a little uh, out of there. But every time I look at him, I'm sort of drawn to like the curve of his upper leg. It's just a mm-hmm. smooth, straight line. There's no markings on it at all. Yeah. But it's it is flawless. It is completely yeah. perfect, and that really exemplifies Necron's faction. They've been transferred into these perfect, soulless bodies, and he mm. is perfect, but he's soulless. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing, and and also just going off the back of it, like we saw it when we covered Severed, is that some mm. Necrons like to show their scars even in their metallic mm. bodies. You know, yeah. that's a thing as well. So you know, and so and as we see with like normal Necron warriors, like they've they've got bits hanging off and things like that. Right? Like I said, mm. he just looks so immaculate and clean. That's you know mm. that he he already stands out in a in a very subtle way. And I, and again, look, I mean, he's got like. Look at the Catan at the top of the model. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is yeah. not, that's un- you know, that's what I'm saying. This yeah. is not understated <laughs> at all. This is just the perfect balance of, mm. of, you know, of the pride of his faction and also the, mm. the power behind him. Like, you know, he's yes. the Lord. Well, <laughs> no one's arguing with him. You know, he doesn't need to do any more than what he's showing yeah. off now. It's a fantastic yeah, yeah, model. Yeah, exactly. That Catan is a very good message of, we did this to things far more powerful than you. Please move. <laughs> Yeah. Get out of the way, <laughs> if you know what's good for you. <laughs> you see you see this thing that eats stars that I've strapped up behind my chair for a little ambient sound? Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I cannot overstate how cool he is. I will probably never buy him, because he really doesn't fit the way I'm doing my Necrons, but I might make a perverse version out of, um, I'm thinking the Flesh Eater Quartz uh, terrain piece. 
Yeah. That that uh throne and uh some ghouly stuff like that might do like a flare virus version for if I want to play them as uh the Sarakan dynasty. But we'll see. Um nice idea. Yeah. In turn and on the other hand, going from completely clean to completely over the top, the the shard of the void dragon oh. is the katan we've seen. My god. Beautiful. It is so beautiful. Um I've seen a lot of people saying, hey, that doesn't look like a dragon. I'm like, no, you're wrong. It does. It's got wings. <laughs> it does? It's got a tail. Uh, it's it's where its mouth should be is a gaping emptiness that will swallow all of space, your body, your soul, and everything in existence, mm. uh, out of which is poking a little Necron symbol. Uh, it is, <laughs> God, it is, like, we've seen it before. We've seen it in, like, yeah. long shots before. It looks super cool. Seeing it in detail, seeing the detail of, like, the little squares of necrodermis fitting themselves back into place to close that massive hole in its torso. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing seeing the necrontier ankh symbol rising up out of the completely empty void that should be its face. Like, it rising up on a pile of scarabs and lightning is amazing. Yeah, it's it's, def- it's glorious. Oh, it's such it's a gonna good It's going to be model. fiddly as hell. But yeah. yes, it's such a good model. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things actually as well that I'm thinking is mm. really cool about the releasing of this model as well is also the lore implications behind this as well. Yes. As not not just is it a badass looking model, it's actually the background behind it. Because obviously this is one mm. of the the three main Catans, isn't it? Because you've got what, the Deceiver, yes. the Void mm. Dragon, and... The Nightbringer. That's it, Nightbringer. So yeah, yeah. so you you know, so this is the one of the main three. And obviously this is the mm. one that was suspected as being the actual machine god, isn't it? Because obviously this is one that's supposedly yeah. the, the the dragon of Mars and and supposedly mm. under mm. that. So I, I I'm hoping now that this will clarify a bit more of like because obviously yeah. well, with this model coming back now, they're gonna have to explain it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm really hoping um because everyone remembers I freaked out a couple of episodes ago. Because there are legitimate Necrons as members of the Adeptus Mechanicus mm-hmm. in Psychic Awakening. So I think this will probably lean into that. Um, now, there is technically one way this can happen and be an absolute zero-sum, nothing changes. Which is, it's a shard of the Void Dragon. All they have to say is, well, there's a shard on Mars and that's what they worship as the Machine God. And like, yeah, sure, that's fine and cool. Or... We could have the uh, the Necron-aligned parts of the Mechanicus go full Renegade, break it out of jail underneath Mars, and uh, get ourselves a Dark or Renegade Mechanicus faction out of it as well, maybe? Yeah. That'd have be someone cool. Necrons can actually ally with. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> or it could be this is finally where we start seeing Dark Mechanicus. You know, they mm. go, right, you know, this is their corrupt reason for breaking it out, and yeah. yes, you get a Dark Mechanicus Necron alliance. <laughs> oh, that... That'd actually really be cool if they could um they could soup with Necrons and or Chaos. That'd be both cool. Both at the same time, obviously. But like you could have Necrons with some dark admech on the side, and the next time you could have Chaos Space Marines with a dark admech contingent. I think that'd be really cool. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> cool cool stuff. Oh, Very much well, so. Very much so. Um yeah. Uh, so continuing on with ninth edition 40k news in general, uh, the core rules are available because the core rules were leaked. Um, yes. <laughs> which is a bit of a shame. Uh, they were leaked by, I think, someone from 4chan, judging by the various hateful watermarks and post-it notes posted on the leaks. But uh-huh. the good thing that came out of it was that, um, 
Games Workshop released the core rules themselves as a free PDF. Uh, so people yep. have been playing Ninth Edition for about a week now, which is interesting. They have. Um, and I'm not sure if it's everywhere, but at least here, I think it technically put the uh, release of Psychic Awakening Pariah forward by one day because Pariah came out on a Friday here instead of a Saturday, when I'm pretty sure it was meant to come out on a Saturday. Yeah, usually. Um, yeah. yeah. So that might have that might have jolted that forward just one day. Um, core rules, uh, we can't go over every single change. Obviously, we're not qualified. Also, I haven't read the new core rules. Don't crucify me, anyone. Um, <laughs> but there, there's enough changes that people seem really invested in all of this. Oh, um, and hey, I'm, I'm going to give us a really long backtrack here. I also have a second community highlight that I feel I should have um, mentioned when okay, I was yeah. doing community highlights. Yeah. Um, tabletop Titans. Real good guys doing yeah. lots of breakdowns on ninth edition. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember. I remember. I, I mentioned mm. them on the show like like probably a mm. year ago. I think because like yeah, when yeah. they were they were sort of very you know <laughs> sort of small, and then they I think they disappeared for about five months because mm. of reasons, and they come back really Seriously. strong, like with a proper oh sort yeah of, you know, professional studio and and streaming, mm. and yeah, they're doing some fantastic videos, and they were actually part of the uh, playtesting as well for yes. ninth edition yeah. as well so yeah they're yeah. doing at the moment they're doing a really good series of how to play you know x faction in ninth edition yes. and they're doing it for all factions like they're basically doing like half an hour video of like this is the pros mm. this is the cons this is what you need to look out for you know so mm. and they're they're yeah. very detailed so yeah definitely check them out absolutely they're really good uh if you want to catch up on the rules changes or to watch some early ninth edition battle reports because there's lots of good stuff for that as well um, indeed yeah, so those are out there. Go look at them uh, if you so desire, or be a good boy and wait for your present on Christmas morning and uh, wait to <laughs> get the actual core rule book. I won't, I won't stop you either way. Uh, and very finally for 40k news, finally, 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 uh, the app, the app is coming. We have some mm. news about it. Yes, it will cost three pounds ninety nine a month is a subscription service, mm. but honestly, uh, you can use it without the subscription as well. But uh, there's some pretty good stuff in it. It's going to yeah. be very handy. It'll have the points. It'll have the data sheets. Uh, if you purchase a codex, you will get a digital code you can enter into your account on the app to unlock the full codex within the app, I believe, uh-huh. or at least all the rules from the codex. Um, and as a bonus, as long as you're subscribed, all the 8th edition codexes and supplements will be in the app for subscribers to use until they are replaced by a 9th edition equivalent codex. Yes. So you can download this app, pay your initial subscription fee of £3.99 or like about seven or eight bucks if you're in Australia, five or six if you're in the US. About the cost of a pot of paint is what they used as a comparison there. <laughs> um, pay that and you'll have access to every 8th edition codex, which is really good, honestly. Um, someone said yeah. it works out to about 16 cents a day. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I want to play more 40k. As long as I can keep myself to the play more 40k mantra, uh, I will be getting this app and subscribing because yeah. that's, uh, that's pretty good value, honestly. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a polarizing one, really, because obviously this is mm. this has created a lot of feedback already in the in the you know yeah. the few days that this has been announced. A lot of people are loving it. A lot of people are hating it. It's it's yeah, mm. very polarizing 
opinions on this one. And I can see why. Again, without sounding mm. like on the fence, I can see both sides of the argument. Um, oh, yeah. I, I can see people scoffing at the price because I suppose for some people, uh, even myself, I th- it's a bit more expensive than I thought it would be. I thought it would be, mm. I don't know, uh, nine, you know, 199 Again, I know we're talking yeah. not massive amounts difference, but obviously basing it on a Zia, you know, over an AOS, which is 99p. Um, mm. Obviously, I know this one is slightly different. Um I can see why it can come across as a cash grab, but then I, I think the jury's out on this one until we see it yeah. like physically it's on our phones and tablets and whatever. It's, it's hard to judge. We don't know how good it's going to be. Um, yeah. and, and I suppose the bottom line is if it turns out it's not very good for whatever reason, it's buggy, it's mm. not delivering. Yeah. Don't yeah. subscribe. And that's the, exactly. you know, that's the, what you do. Um, I, I mm. don't think it's bad because, this is what I always find ironic is that, you know, obviously 399 you know, money's always a funny thing for people, as we always say. Mm. But, you know, the amount the money that people spend on Warhammer, you know, three and three ninety nine is a drop in the ocean. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in reality. You know, again, I'm not I'm not judging everyone because obviously some people can't afford that and so I'm not saying that's right yes. for everyone, but no. I can imagine there's a lot of people criticizing it yet will happily spend a lot of money on their models. So you know, mm. like you said, it's it's the price of a coffee, a posh coffee. It's the price of a paint yeah. pot. And if if you know, or, or, I'm sure there'll be moments where people will resubscribe. You know, where you, you try it mm. for a bit, get you what you want out of it, um, and then and then or maybe wait as they improve it. Because again, I'm sure they'll keep updating the mm. app with you know new things. I think for me, the main thing that I'm really looking forward to with this or and hoping it will be good is where it says reference all your rules fast. I think yes. as I explained earlier, yes. when I was talking about my game on tabletop simulator, you know, having access to the rules uh, and everything is, is so paramount because like, you know, obviously I was playing it on my PC, but I had three PDFs up open at the same time. Yeah. I had the, yeah. the uh, space Marines codex, the ultramarines supplement, and obviously the core rules open and mm. yeah, it was very fiddly jumping backwards and forwards. Again, I know in time, the more you play, the more it sinks in and therefore there'll be less of that. But I'm just hoping there's a good filter, a good search function, like way of, mm. you know, if, like I said, if they're doing what I said earlier, which is what I'm doing of categorizing yes. your stratagems, I hope there's a thing for that. And then, you know, we can go, you can just mm. filter and things like that. It makes life so much easier, even if it comes later down the line. Um, yeah. So, and I think it's a nice thing where they're, they're adding the eighth edition codexes. I know, again, that's a funny one because obviously, you know, for as they get replaced, mm. you'll start having to buy them and, and such like. But yeah, it, let, let's be honest, it's a massive step forward to the way they're, they're used to doing things. You know, yeah. we've all been crying yeah. out for, you know, having everything you know, digital, having the rules updated on the fly. So rather than having to download another PDF with an errata and a FAQ, mm. it's just implemented. Mm. If, you know, if we can have, if we're getting towards that goal and this is one big step forward, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you said, we'll see how it is at launch. It'll probably be a little buggy, I can imagine. But um, as opposed to like Battlescribe, which is done by just a f- one or two people, I think. Uh, this at the very least will have presumably a full development team behind it to keep it stable and keep it updated yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to see, seeing how it pans out because this is the step I've said for like the last year people want Games Workshop to take is people want Games Workshop to go digital. And yeah. this is that step. Yeah. You can, you can do it all on your phone instead of having to carry around eight books, depending on if you're playing, uh, some <laughs> Space Marine soup. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> All right. We'll head over to Age of Sigma because, good lord, that was a lot Whoa. of 40k news. AOS? We're talking about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guess what's out today? It's the General's Handbook. Yeah. 2020 edition. Mm. Within you'll find such glorious things as point changes, mm. um, sky battlies, uh, which mm. I believe were starting to be introduced in a white dwarf last year, but now yeah, it's been fleshed out properly, I believe, um, to cover more flying things. Uh, it seemed like a cool system when I looked at it uh, last time, but that was several months ago before. What the virus? Um, actually, actually, talking talking the talking the virus. Um, one thing that's actually mm-hmm. quite interesting to point out is obviously we, you know, as for people in the, you know know is that the books go to print obviously a lot earlier than mm. than you anticipate. You know, so yes. and it actually mentions it in the in the article where, where they're talking about oh. the general's handbook. Yeah, that this went so general's handbook twenty twenty went to print. Um, Around the time that the Cities of Sigma Battle Tome came out, oh my god! And I checked that that was the fifth of October <laughs> that came out. Holy so shit! So that is how long. I know, obviously, it went you to know, print the, the world situation ago? has changed that, but that is how long ago it went into print. So therefore, the oh rules, the points, everything would have yeah. been changed, or I should say, would have been decided. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, and uh, they're being strangely clear and open about things again and i've one support that yep. tell us when your products are going to print so that we know why things seem a little weird sometimes yeah, um definitely. yeah uh there's expansions for multiplayer battles the coalition of death which yep. i thought was a really cool thing it's in the uh in the core rulebook for age of sigma but anything that fleshes that out further is pretty cool to me um auxiliary objectives i'm not so hot on tell me matthew what are these um, this is basically the AS, AOS version of secondaries in mm-hmm. in, in AOS. So basically, yeah, they've opened okay. up, yeah. you know, uh, where you can pick, you know, new objectives to obviously, mm-hmm. you know, in, ter- in turn what obviously the the battle plan is as well. So yeah, so you've got I don't know what they are. Obviously, they've only I think hinted a few, but yeah, so they'll yeah. be adding that, and it's it's nice actually that they're starting to realign the two games in some ways obviously mm. i know obviously they're still very different in their own ways but like we've seen going back to the 40k app obviously you know azir's been around for a while so it's nice that now you know in a few weeks time both games will have apps you know with similarities and obviously some differences and it's now nice that like you know things like objectives are um mm. a thing and obviously crusade coming is similar you know has similarities to path of glory in aos mm. and things mm. like that so it's nice that they're yeah, sort of starting to realign them a bit more, which sort of makes sense, yeah, really. absolutely, yeah. Um, and, hey, speaking of aligning things, last year's chapter approved gave us custom characters for 40K, mm. and now we have the Anvil of Apotheosis, mm. which I think, judging by the preview they've shown, is probably the new, improved, and most masterfully awesome version of that. Uh, yes. This is custom heroes. You have a pool between... 0 and 40 destiny points uh, with which to spend on your hero. Uh, these points are spent picking, you know, what species they are, whether they are stormcasts or mortals or elves or goblins or any... I think there's 23 separate options just for, like, what <laughs> base base creature your hero is. And then you can buy from a list of very cool fancy weapons and a list of very cool fancy rules and abilities... And you can build a cool, unique hero. And you can even port them to pointed play 
by simply times the amount of destiny points you spent by 10. So if you yep. spend 40, that hero costs 400 points. <laughs> uh, it's probably not terribly balanced, but I've seen a few things floating around online of like, there's basically three reactions of, yeah, no, it's cool. The narrative players can sort of bring their things, their, their custom built heroes into the rules now. So that's nice and cool. Actually, we should use this to make Abaddon. yes we'll get on that sometime um and then and then the narrative player is going i can represent my model properly hooray i'm very happy even though he isn't the strongest he's a big hero and then people going narrative's not allowed to be stronger than competitive it's overpowered i don't want everyone making ethereal heroes because that's the only thing people ever make Uh, um don't listen to that third group (laughs) don't bother with them no Look at the two people, the competitive player who is happy for the narrative player and the narrative player who is happy because they can make their dreams come true. And isn't that yeah. what this game is really about? Exactly. That's, no, that's a good point. And, and I think mm. it's nice that the way they balance this, because this, this I think is the most exciting bit of the new channel's yes. handbook. I oh. think this is amazing. I love the idea behind this. And because yes. again, going back to what we were saying earlier that, you know, this is what people do. People love creating custom stuff and especially mm. characters i know you can obviously do it for troops and and battle line and things like that but it's, there's something obviously iconic about creating uh custom heroes especially if they end up being your your general mm. and i yeah. just love this and i love the fact that they've sort of catered for the three game types you can have it obviously in open play it makes mm. sense for narrative play obviously that's yeah. the main one it's angled towards but i like the fact that it's mm. like well if you want it in in uh, competitive play, in match play, that you can have it, and I, but also it's the mm. discretion of you know yeah. if you if it's a tournament whether they allow it or not, which again is the right yeah. way because then exactly. you know, if people don't want it, then it doesn't happen. But you know, mm. I I'm, I I think what I like is the fact that especially with AOS, again I'm generalising here, but you find that especially in the competitive scene that they're often a bit more open than the 40k scene sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they're a bit more into their narrative and things like that, even if they're doing it from a match play perspective. So I'm hoping mm. that this is the right audience it's going to be for, and we're going to start seeing some amazing stuff. And uh, yeah. yeah, let's yeah. do it. Come on, let's all get on board. It's, it's going to be super cool. Um, someone suggested, I think it was like Mighty Lord of Corn riding a stone horn as a possibility. <laughs> God, just I'm just thinking like all the all the cool, um, somewhat mechanical cities of Sigma stuff we've seen uh, in our community highlights recently mm. would be very well served by using these to make some uh, really nicely nicely tweaked and engineered heroes. I think, yeah, and and, oh. and, and I was going to say also it, it would tie in nicely to some of the conversations we had, like you know when we've been speaking about uh, Ghost Eater from yeah. uh, Black Pyramid. Oh, you know, yes. it's like. Oh my- I didn't even think about making Ghost Eater. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the this is how this happens. Yeah, I, I gotta go. I'll be back <laughs> later. Um, nah, nah. <laughs> um, we're also getting new realm rules and replacements for realm artifacts, which is good. I think these were a really good idea. They were lots of fun, but uh, especially the artifacts, I think, need a little shaking up. Just because uh, some of them were really, really good, yeah. And some of them were very average and were never taken. Like you always see, sort of judgment. You know, on a six to hit against a hero, you do d six mortal wounds. That's your attack, etc. That kind of thing. You always see the ethereal amulet, unmodified saves. You always see the um, the thermal rider cloak plus four inch move. You can fly yep. that kind of stuff. You never really see some of the lesser, less interesting ones. So I think jigging these up 
give him a, give him a bit of a shake around, I think is a really cool idea. Yep. And they're all super flavorful. So make you make the flavor better. Spread it yeah. out. Get some really cool Tastes better. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Put delicious. some spices in. <laughs> yeah, some sashi <laughs> spice. Um, and meeting engagements is also getting an update. What is this update? How is it being updated? Do we know? Uh, not that I know of, no. I just know yeah, it's getting no. updated. Uh, Which is cool. I'm just make, <laughs> making the point that obviously that this was the new thing last General's Handbook, and it's good that they're not sort of it's not going away because I know again it's one of those yeah. things where some people loved it, some people probably played it, and it wasn't for them, which is again fair yes. enough. And it just wasn't yeah. an alternative way to play, especially you know for us that like to do a thousand points and two thousand points mm. seems scary to get to. So it's it's nice that they've not dropped it and gone. Oh, we don't worry, we'll forget about it now. It's good that you know it's still getting mm. some attention. Yes, whatever that yeah. ends up being. I'm presuming it's you know new new uh, battle plans and such like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, and that's our AOS news. The General's Handbook is bringing lots of tasty good things in, so we'll switch on over to our any other news. Top of the leaderboard, it's Blood Bowl. Mm. Um, Spike Journal number nine is coming out. It's bringing something very interesting with it. It's bringing, what would I, I would call this a composite teams, uh, teams from two or teams that are built out of two different teams coming together. Yeah, mixed teams, uh, yeah. The main thing, mixed teams, yeah, is the main thing coming here. So we have the Underworld Creepers, which I believe is Skaven and Goblins? Yep, that's right, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, so literally in terms of how the how they're going to box these, I guess they take one sprue out of the Goblin box, one sprue out of the Skaven box, just put them in their own box, nice and easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then the Middenheim Maulers is the human team meeting up with the dwarf team, I believe. And halflings as well. And halflings as well. Yes, three. Don't forget the halflings. Good lord. Yeah, don't forget yeah. them. I know. I know you almost stepped on them, but don't forget them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look down more. Um, which again, this is going to be interesting because um, it feels it feels like maybe as the cynical me is saying maybe uh, touting the goblin and halfling teams as being hilariously underpowered didn't do super well to sell them, and so we're just going to rebox them into some uh, more slightly more competitive boxes with other teams, but also. Mm. How cool is it having Skaven and Goblins all running around together? Oh. You know, the Goblins trying to nick things while the Skaven try to backstab them, but they're still all on the same team. You know, humans and dwarves and halflings working together. What is this? Um, <laughs> and the, the impression I've always gotten from Blood Bowl is that it's not about competition. It's about fun nonsense in a sports-ish setting. Yeah. So... These kind of things, I think, are really cool, and uh, I want to see. I want to see some weird matchups in the yeah. future. Yeah, well, I, I know. I know that the, the. I think it's the the Spike Journal Nine. I think it it's giving rules for like Chaos Renegades and Old World Alliance. So I'm presuming there's going to be yes, even yes, more yes. stuff in that book as well. So I think Excellent. if you're a Blood Bowl player, you're getting mm. options. Yeah. Um, Warhammer Storyforge, the cinematic branch of Games Workshop, ooh, 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 uh, has yeah. teased a, another project that's coming up called Interrogator, uh, all about an interrogator, uh, an, inquis- <laughs> an inquisitor's little, uh, dog's body, if people don't know what an interrogator is, uh, doing, doing his job after he gets stranded on a planet. Poor, poor little guy. Uh, it's done in a done in sort of a film noir style, all sort of black and white and grey, very yep. gritty Love and uh, dramatic. Honestly, yeah, um, I'm not sold on the basic premise, as in like it sounds like a lot of Black Library style books I've read and that kind of. I've heard the story <laughs> lot, but 
if they can execute it well, I'm going to watch it and enjoy it because no one can stop me. Um, <laughs> as, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, <laughs> it, it'll it'll come down to execution. The art style looks cool. If the writing holds up, I'll be happy. So, yeah. Um, and then there's a bunch of novels coming. And by coming, I mean some of them are already out. Um, Lady of Sorrows, the one all about the Mortak of Grief, Lady Ollander, mm. is coming by C.L. Werner as well, uh, who's a very, uh, very history black library writer. I was actually just thinking about that earlier today because, um, they're selling the Brunner the Bounty Hunter omnibus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And on, on the, uh, on the, on the store shelves, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that's from goddamn forever ago. And he wrote those. <laughs> um, He's a good writer. I like his books. I will probably pick this up at some point because Lady Ollander is a very cool character. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, Soulless Fury by Will McDermott has released today, I believe, in paperback, if I'm not misremembering. Um, <laughs> this is this is about Mad Donna, uh, the prominent Escher character being chased down by uh, an enforcer null, as in an enforcer who negates psychic ability, um, hence the title. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, she's too mad even for Necromunda. She's, done. she's <laughs> gone too far this time. It's got to stop. Send <laughs> no one's going to stop her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saturnine by Dan Abnett. The next book in the Siege of Terror, se- is Terror series is now out. It's available. Yeah, I've downloaded it. it this morning. Yeah. Because um, it came out on Audible today. Yeah, I'm really excited for this solely because of the cover art of Angron just streaking down towards a bunch of custodies on a yeah. balcony. It looks like, oh man, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be, be cool. quite a big one as yeah. well because I, I I downloaded it and it's like 16 hours, I think. Oh it's my like god, that's huge! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's, I, yeah, need, I need to start reading Siege of Terror. I kind of want to yeah. wait till they're all done though. But we'll see. I mean, I know how it ends, right? Yeah. I can't be spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And it turned out the Emperor was wearing a clown mask. They might pull something like that. This might be a lead up to a big uh, big reveal <laughs> that'll shake the Horus Heresy in 40k setting. Yeah. Cool. We'll see. And it was um, all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Little Timmy woke up after falling asleep on his ninth box of Primaris Intercessors and said, well, what a silly dream. And off he went. <laughs> no um and uh finally the final book coming up in the release schedule is the reverie by mm. peter fairhavan fairhavan i don't know if i'm saying your last name right peter i'm sorry I hope yeah I he's got a hard name but he's a he's an awesome author he's he's arguably yeah. one of the best black library authors he's oh, he's wow. the one that's done um he did that recent uh sisters novel that's oh. like horror like um was it infernal yeah. Something I can't I can't remember the name of it now. Yes, but yeah, yeah, he he's he's done some very well known books, but he, oh, he he's one of those where I think I he doesn't seem to do that many, but when he does, mm, knocks it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, high good. high hopes for that. Looking forward to that one then. Excellent. Um, and that, including our breaking news about the availability of Indomitus. Uh, hey, update! Matt got his copy. Hooray! Yes! Hooray! Victory! Yes. Um, just with clever just editing, you won't know <laughs> that, that we stopped halfway through the news so I could order it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I again, I sincerely hope everyone that wanted a copy got one. I know yes, that not definitely. everyone did, but like, there'll be more copies coming. I believe in you guys. I promise not to buy any more if that helps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, um, it's been it's been a wild week for news. Honestly, there's been a lot mm. of stuff going on, which is nice because yeah. we had the we had those few episodes, uh, a few episodes back. We had a few episodes where there was not a lot to go on in terms of news, and now it's all all falling out everywhere. So uh, yeah, hooray! <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it and I think like you know that it's not going to stop for a while because obviously mm. you know ninth edition will be dropping you know properly soon, and then obviously they're going to be more follows up to that. But then I'm hoping that. Obviously, on the mm. AOS side, we'll start seeing like the Sons of Bayamat and obviously the the full Realm Lords release. I not mm. you know more than the army set, so and, and whatever else they've been holding back from us. But like like we said right at the start of the episode, hopefully that mm. when we do have a quiet news week, or maybe not, you know, even if it is a, yeah. a a decent week, we'll we'll add some extra little sections in the hobby section. Like I said, we'll do some little one off sort of chats about certain things mm. just to sort of make it a bit you know a bit bit different and, and sort of experiment really yeah. um and obviously as this is you know the new format hey we've got another discord mm. question right at the end that's how we're going to do yeah. things so this is another question before <laughs> we end the show so this comes from smells like zero spirit and he asks again similar to the question that we answered earlier who is the worst god for his followers the <laughs> emperor or Sigma, or the worst god for his followers. <clears throat> I did. Uh, I did have a good long think about this one as well, and I think purely from a statistic standpoint, it is definitely the emperor. Um, <laughs> okay, l- let me put it to you this way: in terms of direct interventions from the in- from the emperor, canonically, we have maybe a hundred total. Putting that out there maybe a hundred total ever since uh, he ascended to the golden throne and actually became a god. Cause he wasn't a god during the crusade. So we can't count any of that. Mm-hmm. Now he's a god, you know, any of the living saints counts, um, big stuff like the Astronomican manifesting itself to try and stop people from going to find Abaddon that counts. Sure. All that kind of stuff. Um, it, it was spoilers for black legion, I guess you should probably have, mm. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, the Astronomican's like an old man, who can sometimes manifest if you're trying to do bad things, I guess. Um, anyway, <laughs> d- d- that point aside, um, <laughs> like he, he doesn't do a lot directly. Honestly, yeah. the one thing he does is the Astronomican. That's all that we know that he is definitely doing. Yeah. And we don't know that it would stop if we just kind of pulled him off the throne and put someone else on it. Like, we're sacrificing a thousand psychers a day. Can we not just pull the emperor off the throne and put a new psyker on every six minutes would that not produce the same effect i don't know possibly Um, (laughs) we'll see how that works out it's an experiment we should try um Mm. on the other hand sigma has been a god for all of age of sigma was a god before age of sigma and contrary to the emperor who has sat on his throne the entirety of his reign of godhood and done not much sigma has gotten down to earth with a goddamn hammer and gotten shit done. <laughs> yeah. He, he has yeah. gone around, he has decked death in the face, he has killed god beasts, driven off the eldritch horrors of the outer dark. Um, sure, he's not a nice god. He doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a nice god to be good for Who his is? followers. Who is, exactly. I would say Nagash is a nice god, but that's just yeah, everyone likes light Nagash. about things. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he doesn't have to be a he doesn't have to be a nice god to be good for his followers because does he do some terrible, awful things? 
Uh, we're talking about the Stormcast here. He does some awful, terrible things. We're talking about Stormcast. They are terrible, tortured beings. They should not exist, but they do. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But for every Stormcast in the mortal realms, there's probably at least several million regular citizens that Sigma technically has under his protection who are not horribly transformed into transhuman lightning warriors and instead <laughs> live a relatively... Com- compared to the average life in the 41st millennium, the average life for a human in the mortal realms is significantly better. Yes. Does it have its lows? Yes. Will your brain be scooped out and your arm replaced with a quill because you didn't meet your document quota that week? No. That generally won't happen. Might happen sometimes, but not a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in, just in terms of Age of Sigmar being a slightly lighter setting, it's still got plenty of grim, dark stuff. Don't get me wrong. I know there's lots of really dark stuff in Age of Sigma, <laughs> but the overall the overall condition of like hum- human life is significantly better. There's free travel. Um, knowledge isn't suppressed. Regular everyday people in Age of Sigma absolutely know about chaos. They yeah. are educated about chaos because That's if it. they know about it, they won't fall to it as easily. As opposed to 40k, where you know your buddy hands you, a, hey, look, I found this cool bracelet at the at the uh, at the flea market, and then three weeks later, you're sacrificing people to the blood god. Well, you know, and the breaks, you know, it's the risk you take <laughs> like, when you go to a market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, just just the fact that uh, I, I am going to go on a lefty spiel quickly. The fact that the Age of Sigma civilizations aren't automatically like fascist, theocratic, ancient empires but have the options to be new and better societies that actually care for their citizens on some level, on some yeah. basic level, mm-hmm. makes uh, makes Sigma automatically, in my eyes, at least a much better god. Of course, the best god uh, is democracy, so in which case uh, Ogor Kingdom's Beast Claw Raiders are <laughs> the best. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I agree with all your points, and it, it, you've pretty much said most of the things I was going to say, so I'll um, okay. right, we'll end the show now. Uh, no, <laughs> um, no, no you, I, I completely agree with you on that. I, I, I think categorically it would be the Emperor. Um, again, mm. I suppose the only snag is that we've got AOS is a lot, you know, a lot newer, mm. you know, in the, in the law. So obviously, you know, the emperor has been around a lot of time to, uh, to get that reputation potentially from us mm. saying that he's the, yeah. the worst God. But yeah, I think you could argue that the emperor has left them to fail, you know, really, yeah. um, uh, even during the crusade, uh, you know, mm. I know he obviously, he was trying to do stuff, uh, for the good of humanity, obviously, you know, trying to sort out the webway and, Obviously, mm. keeping demons at bay, but yeah, he, he's he's not he's not really a good god anymore because I suppose he's left humanity to mm. fall apart. Really, um, I know. Obviously, he got mortal wounded. He's on the golden throne, so obviously mm. he's in a difficult position. And like you said, there is things he is doing, like the astronomical and and uh, things like that. But he doesn't really directly. It feels like anyway, he doesn't really directly influence. The, the universe, the galaxy, uh, in any yeah. way, really, apart, f- but apart from actually probably the way he does actually, I'd say that is through faith, faith in, mm. in the sense, obviously, as we see, like in, uh, you know, dark Imperium plague war, uh, with uh, father Matthew, you know, where he's, you know, mm. people are so indoctrinated with, with this philosophy and the, of the God emperor that mm. obviously 
that can in a way create good things. It can create a lot of bad as well, you know, which is obviously yeah, the, the yeah. pitfalls of that. So he does, ha- so he has almost like an indirect effect on people's mm. lives. But then, mm. like I said, there's, there's planets out there because of how vast obviously uh, the universe is that, that don't really know much about the emperor. They just know, mm. you know, that they're so untouched from things. So he has no real impact on them. I mean, Terra is a shithole. We know that, yes. you know, so he's, he's, it's a, not a nice place really for humans to live on. Um, and, and obviously, like, you know, the similarities between the, the Emperor and Sigmar regarding the Space Marines and the Stormcast, um, you know, you could argue in one way Space Marines are in a better situation than the, than mm. the Stormcast are in the sense yeah. that, that you know, that they don't, that space marines don't really lose what they had. They sort of they do gain a lot. Um yeah. and obviously they do have the the sort of privilege that once they die, they die. And you know, yes. and, and for better or worse. Whereas obviously mm. Stormcast keep coming back and obviously uh potentially start losing memories, they start losing, you know, mm. their mm. taste, you know, anything can happen. And it and it's and obviously that's quite a sad thing. Um but the like I said, the flip side, like you said, is Sigma is a lot more involved in the world you know mm. he's actually you know like i said he's been smiting the lesser gods he helped free the Dwarden gods he teamed up with mm. you know with nagash and Aler- you know Alerial and and and, yes. and all that and you know yeah. okay he, he's not flawless and and let's be honest like like you know echoing what you said regarding the stormcast he's only doing he's putting them through that because it's for, again for mm. the greater good but it's not yeah. a nice thing he's doing for the stormcast oh, no. you know no. it's not nice but there is a there is a purpose behind it, and I, do, I, 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 and I sort of believe in a way that Sigmar, like say Sigmar won, you know, in in, yeah. in the law, he won now, and chaos was defeated. I think the world, you know, the 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 mortal realms under mm. Sigmar would work quite well. Whereas I think yeah. if the emperor won now, as such, mm. if that's the term, it wouldn't be. I don't think, yeah. like, I don't think he's yeah. morally good. The emperor no, at times, so I think you know, <laughs> um, you know the, the 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 great the great crusade was a perfect representation of that. Yes, here, super soldiers, go out and you know take all the worlds back for humanity and kill all alien races while you're there. You know, mm. it's like yes. that's not a good thing, really. You know, no, that's, that's no. <laughs> you know that's not at all. So yeah, I think you know, hands down, it's definitely the emperor, um, and that's why I hope. Uh, and like we've said, I think we said it on a previous episode when we we're talking about, mm. you know, if if the emperor was, if we were like in Warhammer fifty thousand or something, it would. It, I I hope that something happens with the emperor. I think it's getting to that time. I would hate yeah. in real life, you know, years mm. and years go by and the emperor is still on that golden throne and nothing changes. I, I want to yeah. see something. I'm not saying he comes back and re- is resurrected, but I feel like there needs to be, I don't know, yeah, a goal shift some in some sort of way. Something, something needs to. Yeah, yeah, just to, you know, just to move that, that, because it, it's almost like it feels like old history. And that what mm. I always find odd about the way the Emperor is that, like, because obviously now, especially with 8th edition and now obviously now coming into night, you know, na- narrative is moving, moving forward. We're not at that, you know, one minute to midnight, you know, clock mm. anymore uh, to a degree, but, or it's at least shifted. And like, I just think, right, come on, do something with the Emperor now. Do something with yeah. him. Move something forward. Don't have him where just he's just still on that the throne. Throne with a stick. Hey. Yeah. Do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'd, yeah. So I, I just think they should do something. But yeah, going back to mm. how it is. Yeah. Hem- Emperor hands down. 
Definitely. Yeah. Worst God. Worst God ever. Ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you, Smells Like Zero Spirit, for that mm. question. Yeah. And now it's the end of the show. So oh. we've, we've finally got there. Ironically, because of obviously – you know, me trying to buy Indominus <laughs> throughout <laughs> this episode and taking breaks and such like this has actually gone on a lot longer than anticipated, even mm. though the episode will be yeah. probably shorter. So, um, so yeah, going back to, you know, how we kicked off this episode and this whole, you know, new format and or format mm. change and the realm episodes. And obviously then next one will be a ruin episode. Uh, yes. yeah, hopefully, you know, you, you, people listen, you understand where we're sort of coming from and what the reason for doing it. Um, again, like I said, it will take a few episodes to get used to this as well. You know, in a way this may just seem like a normal episode, but we're hoping like, you know, but it will just give us a bit more, a bit more flexibility, you know, to sort of expand on the current sections. Um, so the plan for, I said the next episode, which will be a ruin episode is we're going to do an overview of all the psychic awakening yes. you know, timeline and lore and what happened mm-hmm. basically, which would be a nice thing to, to, uh, get into but obviously before we get stuck into whatever ninth edition brings us as well mm. and obviously we'll have yeah. a discussion topic as well but again it will just mean we can we can take our time with it and obviously not not absolutely rush through it so that'd be quite good mm. yeah uh, so lastly cameron where mm. can people find you on that internet you can find me on the twitter at night underscore twitten that's night without a k um, <clears throat> I'm posting a variety of video game, cool things, uh, cute cats, um, political, <laughs> political, good lord, can't the world get its shit together stuff, uh, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff like that. It's been, hey, it's, uh, we're in July now. It's been a year. It's been such a year. I think we should be in December, but we're not. Um, <laughs> so th- things are always a little out of loop there, but hey, swing by, have a chat with me. I'm pretty, pretty friendly online as opposed to in person because my anxiety does not trigger as hard if people start talking to me over the internet um you can also find me on our discord so come join our discord if you want to chat and see all the stuff i've been working on there as well if you just want to see the stuff i've been working on and not have to deal with all the community-based faff uh head on over to instagram at realm underscore and underscore ruin uh and that's where i post up my hobby stuff um yeah how about you matt Cool. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter as well at Ninja Badger Seven. You can find our podcast on there where we do most of our community interaction at uh, Realm and Ruin. And then again, echoing as we always say, get on the Discord as well. Like I said, we, this is where you can ask us questions to you know do on the show. You can meet lovely people. Like I said, we've got hopefully a Crusade Tabletop Simulator campaign going on uh yeah. hints and tips for people it's a lovely community get on it i said link to the discord will be in the show notes as well so i said hope you've enjoyed this one uh again hope for anyone that's trying to get a lot of the the new 40k stuff hopefully you manage mm. to get hold of a copy if you're <laughs> trying to and all the extras as well so fingers crossed for you all uh keep safe out there uh, and most importantly be good to each other um yes. as always yes we'll catch you on the next one Bye. Bye Bye-bye.